Boom. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Salt Streets Podcast, the most pro-America, anti-government show you know. Uh, the show where we discuss news, government, and culture, and how it pertains to you, the individual, and your natural right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I, of course, am that plague-ridden, big bird-looking fellow they call Colin. I am today joined remotely, as always, by my brother-in-arms co-host, coming direct from the end of the world bunker, Donovan Phillips. How are you today? Good, sir. I am excellent, sir. I would say thank you for having me, but I'm in my own damn house. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, today is kind of a special day. Um, obviously, I am plague-ridden uh, and have been, but we, we're powering through. We're doing what we can, and so we're doing the remote cast today. So wildness will follow. But uh, what are we going to be discussing on today's episode? Good, sir. Well, on this episode 144, it is 12.05 p.m. 12.05. Uh, Saturday, yeah, Saturday, March 25th, 2023. Uh, we have all kinds of stuff on the docket. We'll see how much that we get through because, like you said, you're sick. I also have two kids, sick kids upstairs. That is another reason why we're doing this remote cast today. Yeah, there's a thing going um, on. Yes, yeah, it's wild. Like I said, we've had both, both kids that have been sick all week, so... Yeah. Uh, it is it is something else. We have quite a bit of local stuff for you guys today. Uh, we have an assault weapons ban that is being pushed in our state. We have another thing that I heard about. Um, there's an older story, but I learned about it while there was reading that book, Battlefield America. Mm -hmm. I was listening to it. And so it's about the Seattle PD, the mesh network that they had there for a little while. Excuse By me. John Whitefield. Yes. That's right. Precisely. Yeah, um, we have another thing about legislative privilege, some sneakiness, some nefariousness going on in our own state. I was shocked to hear it. I just couldn't believe it. Uh, if I had um, pearls, course, I'd be clutching them. Yeah, precisely, precisely. Um, and then for the national stuff, we have, um, oh, you have it there at the top. We have like some China stuff going on. We have some Russia stuff. We have all, all kinds of things. So I'm not sure exactly what we'll get into, but we'll just kind of run through, you know, we'll talk about, a little bit about Donald Trump. Uh, Kevin, Kevin, thank you very much for joining us, sir. He hopes you get better. Oh, thanks, Kevin. We're getting yeah. there. <clears throat> yeah, we'll get through what we get through today, um, but it's going to be great regardless. So Indeed. We didn't, yeah, we didn't want to leave you guys a whole month without an episode uh, because I know even though we only do every other week, we put out as much content as a lot of weekly podcasts do just by sheer fact that we are streaming for seven hours at a clip. Indeed. <laughs> That's the whole deal. What are you drinking on today? You got a shake going on? No, this is Liquid IV. Um, and I brought this right on here just to stir it, just to make sure, because I know that I'm going to end up going and getting a beer at some point. Oh, so. you'll have one for me, I would hope. Yeah, and then I have some Lotus going on in here. Jordan picked up a Lotus. Oh, so, fancy pants. We're going. Yeah, took my alpha brain. I'm ready. I feel good. I've been thinking a lot about this show, a lot about why we do it. I feel very motivated. I feel very activated. I want to remind everyone, of course, evaluate and judge relationship with the CCP, because we're talking a little about China today. Uh, like, comment, subscribe to the video, share it with everybody because we're here because we give a shit, right? That's right. I was thinking a lot about this, about why we're doing it. This is what I'm writing my piece on this month for the Patreons. So go to the Patreon, subscribe there. It's only $5. We'll get you the newsletter that we put out every month. comes out the last day of the month. Um, and that's what I'll be writing about. It's like why we do what we care about and why we do what motivates us and how we know what we're supposed to do. And Because um, that, that is what I've been thinking a lot about this past couple weeks. That's good. I'm very excited. I'd ask you why, but obviously we don't want to give away the piece. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't. I've 
I'm sure just a wave of, I don't know, of depression or something like that. And I'm like, why am I doing anything that I'm doing? Why? You figure it out. (coughs) (coughs) I need that cough button today. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I'm excited. Did you find one? Uh, I found some, but I'm not sold on any of them. Mm. Um, Mostly because I'm like, they all cost money. And I'm like, I'm sure I can hotkey something for free. (laughs) like i'm not trying to do that (laughs) i do want to mention before we go i guess we can mention whatever but because i just brought it up um why am i dressed like this today right why am i in the the doomsday basement why do i have the kid on today it is because there is four new states that are actively pushing bills to try and limit citizens abilities to purchase armor to, to defend themselves right we've talked about this before it's a really weird thing a lot of people don't really think about it if you're not activated into anything other than personal carry or something like that, you know, you may not even consider why you would need armor. You've seen us wear our vests multiple times on the show. You've seen us wear the play carriers. We've talked about them before. Um, if you've seen us do or seen any of the footage from when we go shooting, we're almost always in full kit. Um, there is a reason for that, right? There's a reason because of the philosophy that we follow in regards to firearms, but it's also important that citizens have the ability to passively defend themselves. Right. There are a lot of people in bigger cities that wear body armor all the time because they're afraid to be stabbed. They're afraid to be shot. They don't even carry firearms, but they're afraid of the things that are going on around them. Imagine that. It's it's important for people, whether you consider yourself part of the militia or not, it's important that people have access to body armor if they want to purchase. Right. And to that point, I have to ask you, why would the government want to limit your ability to passively defend yourself? Right. There's nothing outwardly harmful about me wearing this kit. If someone comes down here and just me wearing this, there's nothing I can do to harm you anymore because I'm wearing a plate carrier. I mean, I have the knife and stuff like that on here, but just the plate carrier itself does not make me more deadly. It makes you makes me harder to kill. Mm-hmm. That's all that it does. It makes it more difficult for you to kill me. Why would your government not want you to be able to let me rephrase it? Why would you your government want to limit your ability to stop yourself from being killed? Because then the state would have a harder time killing you. Isn't it odd? Wow. Isn't it very weird? So I, I, I think that it's a very simple, <clears throat> logical path to follow. Yeah. Give me a reason why the state should, should even want to limit your ability to defend yourself. Why? Why? Well, I mean, because most of the time, like when we talked about it on the show before, it was around the, the New York state legislation that was going on, right? And yeah. their big big brouhaha at the time was because um, there was an active shooter at some point that had worn body armor while, you know, doing his, his shooting spree. Hence, again, it's, it's, it, what's the right word? Fever brain. Um, It hampers the state's ability to take you out if you become a threat. And so if nobody's wearing body armor because it's illegal, then it, then the state can take you out as easily as anybody else. They don't want you to be able to protect yourself because they're the only ones that are allowed to protect you. Right. That's just the way they think. They're all, I mean, you say it all the time. Every institution hates you and wants you to die. That's the only answer to that question. Precisely. That would have really, that would have been a good, let me ask you this, by the way, that was, that was perfect. That was natural. This is California, Illinois, New Jersey, and Connecticut that all have bills oh, on the geez. table that would ban body armor from private ownership. All extremely state safe states, right? 
Precisely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody's getting like hemmed up there and stabbed and shot randomly in the streets. N- none of that's happening at all. No. And and obviously it's just the bad guys wearing body armor, of course, right? They're not running around in t-shirts and and baggy jeans. All the bad guys have body armor. That's right. that's right. All the I'm pretty sure, like out of like even all the major mass shootings, like most of the time they're not wearing body armor. Like I don't recall that being a massive thing. It's only been on a couple occasions. And that's a very new thing. Yeah. Um, as far as you know, like school shootings and stuff like that, or any any of that type of stuff. So. Yeah, that's yeah. that's healthy. I did see a. Uh, a clip of uh, Representative Donalds, Donalds, Donaldson. He's kind of one of the newer guys. That's uh, Freedom Caucus dude. He's from uh, Brooklyn, I believe, originally. But he was uh, grilling one of the ATF guys about the uh, the new ban on uh, what's the pistol braces. The pistol braces, yeah. Look at you know making ten million Americans felons overnight and stuff like that. And he was grilling pretty hard about just the the ATF's justification for existing and how they're essentially subverting the entire legislative process and the 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 uh what do you call that the the split powers um separation of powers. separation of powers by having an executive branch that has no legislative power just make rules that act as de facto laws that turn people into felons and up. and i think it's an interesting fact that like the atf hasn't gone down the body armor route yet when they could just as easily do that and there there's states at this point looking at passing legislation to do this stuff I would imagine if the domestic violent extremist thing is able to maintain steam, then mm-hmm. it wouldn't be long before they're looking at some type of at least <clears throat> making it like an FFL purchase where you have to have a background check or something like that, you know, that you can't just buy it off the internet. Like, I had my shit shipped to my house. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they try and make it so you can't do that, that there's some type of waiting period or whatever the fuck, you know, too many more shootings where people are wearing kit and i think that they probably will start to push for that and i i really dig what you're the point you're making what you're saying about this representative grill and the atf director because we had that same discussion with kevin we're talking about how this makes x amount of people felons overnight yeah kevin he says like how are they making people felons if they can't pass laws and it's precisely that line of questions because the separation of powers has been ruined to the point that there, there is no laws being passed on this. It has just been handed over to the executive branch for them to do whatever they want. That's why Joe Biden can pass or sign executive orders that have to do with like homemade kits and stuff like that. It's because the legislative branch won't even touch it. They've just completely handed it over to the executive branch. And the more things get pushed to the Supreme Court, they either flip, they either flip it back to the states or just say, ah, figure it out. You know? Yeah, just figure it out. Where <laughs> I'm going to attempt to play a clip of this real quick. It's it's a really short one. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, okay. See how so this works. We're going to see how this works here. Okay. Let's do this. I got to share the screen. Hang with me, everybody. And we want to double up over here. Check. And then we're just going to go boom. And now I'm going to lose everybody. Now let me know if you guys can hear this. Mr. Wilcox, I know you, fellow Brooklynite over here, um, grew up the same time. 
Let me ask you this question. Do you think it's okay for the ATF to act outside of congressional legislative authority criminalizing 10 million Americans who are currently law-abiding citizens? It's good to see another proud son of Brooklyn. Uh, I don't think believe that is what uh, ATF is doing here, so I disagree with the premise. Do you think that by this rule there will not be 10 million felons in the United States because they bought a product that the ATF authorized to be sold and that the ATF said was legal up until the Biden administration? Not liking a law isn't a reason for ATF not to. Well, Mr. Wilcox, there's no law. Congress didn't pass it. That's a rule from ATF. Let me ask you this question. Do you believe in separation of powers? Of course. Do you believe that the legislative power resides within the congressional body and not the executive? I do. So then why do you think it's okay for the ATF to come up with some rule with the force of law that Congress did not pass? Congress passed the law 90 years ago, and ATF is So you're saying to me that a law that Congress passed 90 years ago allows for 10 million Americans to become felons today? Congress passing a law allows ATF to regulate as technology changes. Come on, Mr. Wilcox. Don't do that to the American people. We know better. Don't do that. I yield. Don't do that. (laughs) I love that man. I love this guy, man. He's he's brand new on the scene, and he's he's buddies with Matt Gates and and the the higher ups in the Freedom Caucus. And I just I am excited about the path this guy is about to weave. He's been on uh, one of the Timcast IRL shows where they were at uh, live in Congress. I think it was their first one they did. And just the stuff that came out of his mouth, I was like, this dude is based. He is here for it, and I'm here for him. This guy yeah. coming out of fucking Brooklyn too. He is I like that. He knows I think he's out of I think technically now I think he's out of Florida. But he's from Brooklyn. But yeah, I, I saw that clip uh this morning. I was like, I know we're going to be talking about some some gun stuff today. I, we got to throw that in there. That's that's just too good to to leave yeah. out. And that worked. You you heard that all right? I did. Yes. Sweet. All right. Yeah, it was good. a little bit quiet at first for me, but it worked out. And I can like mute it. It was fine on the stream because I can mute my microphone and then listen to it on my phone. And so it's perfectly fine on the stream. Fantastic. So, good, good, and good. That's more important to be honest. Yeah, so. it's been a while since we did one of these these uh yes. these things, so I'm glad. Uh <clears throat> yeah. So I do have uh let me ask you this. Oh, well then let's cue the music. With that oh. let me ask you this. Boom. Short okay. and sweet. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. One of my let me ask you this for this week is, and don't think too hard about it, mm-hmm. right? But it is a genuine question. I don't think so I could do think consider, that hard today. Yeah. Don't think too hard, but do consider it because it is a genuine question and it might seem simple. In your opinion, what kind of government do we have? Ooh. I think we have a. I think we have an authoritarian government. Okay. Without thinking too hard, that that masquerades as a democracy. Elaborate for me. Um, so really, I mean, we have a small group of elite power brokers in and around the governmental level. Not all of them are elected officials. Not all of them work for the federal government. Um, a lot of them are you know, elites in business industries, um, most of which we don't even know. They're like the the owners of 
giant corporations that own other corporations that own other corporations that own all that make all the products we use every day. Um, you know, it's like I have like 13 major corporations that kind of run all own all the other corporations <laughs> we all know and love today. Um, everything from those guys to lobbyists for them. Um, they all kind of run in the same circles. Uh, some people call it, I think it's like K street or whatever in, in DC. Yes. Um, I think those the are the work. ones that are really in charge of everything that comes out of DC on down. And then we get to think that we live in this representative democracy because we're allowed to vote every, every two to four years on different things. Um, and then whatever, I mean, you could look at multiple versions of votes even in our state that have passed by will of the people that have been overturned by the you know the upper echelon of our own government in the state and then things that are happening on dc at the the federal level that are are pushed for lobbied for by the people more populist type things that are just kind of never brought to the floor because they don't want to take a vote on it or they don't think they can get a passing vote on it or, or something like that. It's really just, it's all a elite group of power brokers in and around DC that run our entire government, run our everything that we do in our day-to-day -day lives. That to me is an authoritarian government. So I agree with everything that you said, and it is for those reasons and the pipeline and revolving door from public service to private sector that I would argue that we live under an oligarchy. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Because, because those people, it's because it's not a, a singular power. It's, it's a group of people that is changing all of the time. So I, I totally agree. And I think that's like a perfect explanation. I, I think that it's an oligarchy. I don't think that we live it, it masquerading, like you said, as a, as a democratic republic uh -huh. that we we feel good that we get to vote but when we talk about it when we sit down with our friends and we have a beer or two we're like oh but it doesn't matter anyway because the public or the uh the the popular vote is not what is used to decide the president anyway it is all the the electoral college that when you even belong to the democratic party they have like super delegates and all this nonsense that skirts what the initial plan of the electoral college was that we've sat down we've talked about the electoral college and it's at one point in time, I argued, like, this is really a pretty good thing. You know, the electoral college is, like, not a bad system. Like, it's really, it's pretty fair. It's, it's representative. And then you start to fuck with it with things like Superdelic. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, when it just was what it was in the beginning, it wasn't necessarily bad. Like, it was pretty all right. You know, it's been bastardized so bad to the point that it literally means nothing now. He said, especially if you belong to the Democratic Party, where they are taking your votes and saying, what do you think, this small minority of people? Because that's really what we're going to do. Your senators, your representatives all have more say than the other elected officials do who are supposed to be putting their votes into the Electoral College because they're superdelegates. Yeah. And people don't even know that. And it's the same people that don't know that, that still feel like this democracy is strong. You know, <laughs> like, your own party is choosing to not represent you. They're refusing to represent you because it works better for them. And they just don't even they don't want to tell you about the superdelegates or any of that type of stuff. Yeah. It's, our our democracy is as strong as our economy is. All right. It's the greatest, right. the strongest of all time. I bet you if you were to do like a legal pad, you know, T chart of 
comparisons to say like the Russian government, which is uh, a, a very similar situation. I bet you we would have more in common with their the way their government works than not. The only difference right. maybe is we have more oligarchs than Russia does. Yes, which is have more you know, oligarchs in diff in more sectors than they do. Right, because you know they vote too. Yeah, because they those, vote too. Those people also vote <laughs> pretty <laughs> yes. pretty frequently. They vote. They yeah. get to voice their opinion, and we've seen how long Putin has been in power. Yeah, and we sit back and call him a dictator. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Yeah, it's a good thing we only have we have the the term limit for presidential office because otherwise. Uh, Daddy Bush would probably still be sitting on the throne, to be perfectly honest. Right. We, we have two <laughs> different power structures that are hand-selecting who the next choice is going to be. Mm -hmm. And you still people are still arguing that this is fair and it's representative of you. You're telling me, right, when we talk about Trump versus Biden in 2024 or any of this type of stuff, oh. right? And if we talk about, well, Biden's not going to run. So then who would it be? Who would they pick then? That's, that's what they say. So who would they pick then? Who would be the guy? Because you know... It's not really up to you. It's what the Democratic Party, who they are going to select. Who are they going to pick? Is it going to be Kamala? Is it going to be Pete? Is it going to be Michelle Obama? Any of these people, right? It's yep. not about who do we want, who do we think would be a good leader. It's no. who are they going to pick. That's right. And it's like, they, it's like they don't even hear themselves saying it because in your actual rhetoric, you are admitting that you don't believe in the system that you are arguing. It's double take. It is absolutely double think that you are, your words are admitting that you don't believe what you're arguing for, yep. and you're still willing to argue it. Man, In somebody's been hand, reading 1984 this month. I finished it just before we did this episode. <laughs> I am absolutely locked down. Yeah, I have. A, I got the whole review preview typed up. It's ready to go. I'm ready. I'm it's, excited. Yes. No, the double think <clears throat> it, it's wild, and I. It was not difficult to think of examples for the review preview of, you know, not even really intricate or difficult ones to understand. It's like this is a really blatant thing where they're arguing for one thing and I'm acting in the exact opposite to show you they don't believe what they're saying, but they're still defending it with their words. Yeah. It happens so often. And the people on the left, not even Democratic Party, the people on the left of more progressive ideology are the ones that are, seem to do it more frequently. And not that the conservatives do not, because they absolutely do, but they are more willing to call themselves out when they do it. There are more conservatives that are willing to call people out for being bullshit artists. And on the left, they just kind of accept it. You know, they'll continue to do it themselves. It's a very odd thing to watch. Yeah. We had like a small... A small taste of it when the the hardcore progressives first came in, like AOC and Ilhan Omar, when they first got into office, they were throwing a little trash at their own party for a hot minute. But yes. once they got reelected, that's it. They've been fully assimilated into the machine now. But just to just add something to what you're saying here, right? If you listen to... Um, like the hardcore neocon people or even somebody like Shapiro, they will tell you outright that like the, I don't know what it's called. Like the demo, the, the DNC, the demo democratic national convention or Congress or whatever you call that committee, the, the main, yeah, the DNC and the RNC, the two parties exist only to, 
put up candidates for the people to vote on. The two parties right. literally control our choices, which I don't know how you can get more oligarchical than that when there's only two systems that are designed to give us our, our candidates to vote on. If it's just those two giant parties that allow us the the turd sandwich and the giant douche vote at the end of every four years, what are yes. we actually talking about here? That doesn't that is not a representative democracy in my mind at all. That is much more akin to oligarchy. And I yeah, believe no... I almost want to take back my answer because like I believe I've written about the <laughs> fact that this is an oligarchy before in some of my Patreon pieces. But yeah. no, I'm right there for it, man. I hundred percent. Oligarchy all yeah. the way. Dark times out here. Mm-hmm. Dark times. And I don't feel like, especially because you were able to, and I love it because this is still the purpose of letting me ask you this. You were able to so eloquently break it down off the cuff of how this is an oligarchy. And it, so it's not a, it's not a difficult concept to grasp. You know, it's a very simple, logical thing to follow up when you're telling me the people who are leading this all also happen to have the most money. That's not a coincidence. Like that's, <laughs> that's how this system works. When, when they all just happen to have the most money, that's not a coincidence. That's, and they all they control the, the financial system and they yeah. control all the regulation <laughs> around business. And interesting how that works, doesn't it? Right. It's <sighs> like that's not – it's almost definitional. You know? <laughs> it's very odd. It's very odd. <laughs> oh. Yeah, if I can, if I could lay it out it, with, with fever brain, that easily, then it shouldn't take much for a normie to throw together that doesn't think about yeah. this too much. This will be a good clip this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, so with with that, let's jump into some local stories. Let's do right? it. Um, we have a couple of different things going on. Um, Let's talk about the Mesh Network because that is an older thing. Okay. I may or may not have sent you this article, but let me find it. Oh, yeah. And let me uh, – I'm going to open up Signal, and it's probably going to jump on my screen. Whoop, we're going to lower that down while it loads. Yes. Okay. So this is an old story <laughs> uh, because they say that it was taken down. But Ooh. you know how much I trust what any type of power structure has to say indeed um, so all right give me one second i'm going to uh cut to our be right back yes there we go now we're back okay <laughs> my laptop is working hard there. okay so it's taking its time and i got it asking me just what in the hell i think i'm doing what do you all think you're doing? Yeah. So you think you can video chat with someone and do things? Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> not even. Yes. So this is the same deal. I learned about this in that book that I was listening to, um, Battlefield America. Okay. And this story, right, has to do with... Oh, okay. I don't need to look at that. Um, this story has to do with a digital mesh network that was established in Seattle by the Seattle PD. Okay. And it was done with tax dollars, right? 
So this article is from 2013. Just so everyone knows, I do know that. I did I did read the date. I do know that it is not right now. My point at the end will be I don't believe that it, this isn't happening anymore. That that's what my point is. So in February, the Seattle Police Department announced it bought what's called a quote-unquote mesh network that will be used as a dedicated wireless network for emergency responders. What SPD did not say is that the network is capable of tracking anyone with a device that has a Wi-Fi connection. They now own a piece of equipment that has a tracking capability, so we think that we should be going to city council and presenting a protocol for the whole network that says they won't be using it for surveillance purposes, says Jamila Dablik of the American Civil Liberties Union, a spokesperson for Seattle PD, said the network is not being used right now. A draft policy is being reviewed by the city's attorney's office and will eventually go before the city council. The network includes 160 wireless access points that are mounted on poles across Seattle. Every time a device looks for a Wi-Fi signal and the access point recognizes it, it can store that data. The manufacturer of the network points out in the manual that the mesh network can store IP addresses, device types, applications used by the devices, current location, and historical location. This information can be stored and connected for the last 1,000 times a person is connected with a specific device. The network shows up online in public places, usually at intersections in the cities such as 4th and Pike, 4th and University, and 3rd and Union. Even if we assume that the mesh network was installed by good people for good reasons, there's no reason to believe that the people controlling the network in the future will use it for public goods. Send Brandon Kiley of Alternative News Weekly, The Stranger. Uh, and that's like a, that's a very prominent, uh, maybe that's not the right word. It is prominent. It's a very prominent Seattle paper that like now they're doing print again, but it's still, they've been around for a very long time. Um, we need to have a serious public conversation and establish some very clear rules about how new surveillance technologies should and shouldn't be used with very real penalties for breaking those rules. Kylie first reported on the technology Wednesday in The Stranger, we believe that people should be free to move about without having the government track their movements unless there really is reason to believe they're engaged in some criminal activity, says Dabbling. Seattle police could not explain why the network appears to be online. Okay, so... And Councilmember Bruce Harrell, who is now the mayor of Seattle, pointed out the need for SPD to be able to collect some of this information. Okay, he's mayor now. That guy is the mayor now. He's the Isn't mayor. Interesting? He's the mayor now. <laughs> okay. So, right. This has um, got China vibes deep, bro. Yes. So, like I said, I have another article that says that they took it down because there's all this backlash. I don't believe that. If it was already existing, I don't believe that it was turned off. No. I just don't believe that. So. That's terrifying. Yes. I mean, it would and also make sense on how they uh, tracked people during COVID. Precisely. And yeah. And what that means is that unless you are turning off your wi-fi option every time you leave the house then it's going to consistently look for wi-fi network like it does when you show up somewhere and it says press this to connect to the wi-fi when you go into a store or go into a whatever that option always pops up right so if that's the case then every time you walk past one of those the sensors it's just reading your location every single time so it's tracking you if you walk the same way to work if you walk a different route to work if you do any of this type of stuff it's just logging that information and it's there the metadata is there for seattle pd to access at any given time and the guy who's the mayor now thinks that it's really important for them to be able to have that technology yeah that makes sense 
right? I mean, this doesn't go away. That article's from 2013. So yeah. they didn't know at the time. That's like, I, and that's a total coincidence that he just happens to be the guy that they quoted for that. They got a quote from for that. And he just happens to be mayor now. <laughs> right. And if we remember, cause we've talked in the past about how the previous mayor, Jenny Durkin is in all kinds of hot water and she's being sued because they deleted thousands of text messages when they were doing the Chaz chop thing, you know, the summer of love, all this beautiful stuff that happened in Seattle that she was such a huge fan of deleting thousands of text messages over that time. It's like, ah, it would sit to automatically delete. I don't know. I didn't have anything to do with that. Um, it just, yeah. it is. her Carmen best, right? The first female black Seattle police chief that they were super proud of and then walked the fuck out of there because they let Chaz chop go on and said, just don't do anything about it. Don't do anything and people will still love you. And they hated her. The people of Seattle hated her because she did nothing. It's bad news. We've got a hell and, of a city going on over there, buddy. Yeah. So like I said, I don't believe for a second um, that they are not using this technology. No, especially after all this time. Yeah. Of course they are. Yeah. I mean, we've we were one of the longest states under – I mean, we were – one of the states that had like the longest emergency like covid emergency orders going on i think we were the longest if i recall correctly um and i guarantee you that if it wasn't active before that happened it was active during that and why would right. they have ever shut it off once once you get a bite of that apple you're not you're not coming back no and even if they turned it off there's no way they went around and took all the sensors down, right? No. That means the system is still there. So if they decide they want to turn it back on, we'll say all they do is flip the switch and here we go. Yep. So I know the last one went to Seattle. I was not paying attention to, I also, I would not be surprised if they just turn off the thing that just doesn't, so it doesn't show up on your phone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's still logging all of your access. It's just not telling you that you're clicking on or that you're being logged every time you walk past it. Yeah. I'm certain that they have the capability. Oh, 100%. Sure. Yeah, the minute your your IP gets detected, I mean, they can pull as much data off of it as they want. I mean, it's the same problem that we have, like, with TikTok and all the social media apps. It, it, the, the passive collection of metadata is one of the most powerful tools used by governments and companies these days to subvert us into to doing essentially what they want to do or finding out what we are doing or what we're interested in. And at least with a corporation, it is easy to understand why they would want your metadata. Yeah. Because then they can target there. ads to you. They can, they can sell you things. The same deal with a body armor. It just a simple question. Why would the government want to have metadata on you? Why would they want to have all of this information aggregated and collected and stored in servers so they can know your trends, your whereabouts, the place you usually go? Why? Why would they want that information? Why? Why? So they can do whatever they want with it. So they can trust. So for the same reason, so they can track you. They know where you're doing. They know where you're going. They know what you're doing. That's why they want that information. So yeah. they can track you better. They can know more things about you. They can have a better sense of how to go about getting you to do things that they want. If everything goes terrible, I mean, the 1980s was really, you know, it's terrible. In my brain of just like, <laughs> I all I can do is think to the most, you know, uh, horrific of circumstances. But. Um, well, yeah, because why? time... Why do they want your information? Yeah, time will teach you that thinking that way, you'll be better off than if you don't think that way. Right. You know, if the government didn't have such an atrocious history of stepping all over our rights, then you wouldn't... That wouldn't be your top concern. But 
throughout the entirety of government as it's grown bigger, all they've done is gotten more and more severe in the trampling of our rights every single day. The Fourth Amendment, what is that? What's the what's the Fourth Amendment? The right to yeah search and seizure. Yeah, the unlawful search and seizure. I mean, what is that? What is this mesh network other than that? Without your without your doing or without your knowledge, without your consent, without any kind of warrant from the judicial system, they're getting access to your information, your privately data that should be privately held for you, that should be secure right. to you. But no, we don't have those rights. <clears throat> and I'm sure their argument would be, oh, because you have your Wi-Fi access on, you know, you're you're allowing your data to be collected in X, Y, and Z ways. So if we choose to, you know, do a public sweeping because we're not discriminating, we're just collecting everybody's information. Yeah. There's just a net out there for everything. You know, I'm sure that's their argument. It's, it's fine because it's everybody. It's not just a Yeah. <laughs> the, the problem with opt-out and opt-in systems is a huge deal when it comes to data like that. If you have yeah. the ability to opt out, that's a, that's a red flag because it that means something is already being forced on you without you knowing it. And then you have the ability to try to get out of that system, which means you are already in the system at one point versus yes. an opt-in system. You're like, do you want to be a part of this mesh network? Sure. Let me click this button. Now I'm allowed to be picking up on your phones and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, when it comes to, to data and metadata and all that stuff, the, the opt-out, opt-in thing doesn't exist really. No. And even when it does, it's always an opt-out system, which most of the time it doesn't even exist. No, so there's one more local story I want to make sure that I hit. Uh, and it has to do with these. That's party. Uh, um, thank you very much, sir. This piece has been shown many times on this show. Um, of course, we, like I said in the beginning, we have another assault weapons ban that is moving its way through the Washington State Legislature. Um, this one is moving further than any other one has before. This one actually made it out of committee, which they usually have not in the past. It has been passed by the House and is now in the Senate committee. So I would not be surprised for it to be passed through the Senate and end up on Inslee's desk. And of course, we all know Big J Inslee. Uh, will sign that motherfucker as soon as it gets to his office. That's so, right. Well, he's going to be saving lives. <laughs> Precisely. Him and Bob Ferguson both. So oh. I would expect that around June, um, that is when it would kick in. That seems to be how they like to do this type of stuff, kind of as quick as possible. Yeah. It usually happen, you know, same day or same week. They have to give a certain amount of time because some people stop paperwork and the processing or any of that type of stuff. I did. I was the gun store yesterday. And there was no less than a dozen people there that were there to pick up shit that they had purchased. There were people that were buying kits to build ARs. There were people that were there to ask questions about building ARs um, because people don't actually want this. You know, we, we live in the area that I was in is just outside of like a relatively metropolitan area, an actual town where people live and businesses and schools and children and stuff like that. Same places that, you know, they like you to think that are begging for this type of legislation. 
when in reality, they're not. And that's why there are dozens of people out there that are building ARs that are buying this shit before it packs it because we don't actually want this. That's right. This is nonsense being pushed through by ultra-progressive people that are trying to remove your rights from you. It's the same goddamn simple question. I hate to sound like a broken record. Why? Why would they want this when so few shootings are actually perpetrated with AR-15s and, and what they classify as assault weapons? Why would they want to do this, right? It doesn't actually track logical sense. Their only argument is people don't need that. That's not what, Jesus Christ, we've talked about rights a million times in the show. If we boil it down to even the most basic American rights in the Second Amendment, that's not what the Second Amendment says. No. You don't need that. Why should you need that? My justification, the, the burden of proof is not on me as to why I need this. The burden of proof on is on you as to why I shouldn't have it. And why do you it need still those doesn't rights, work Donovan? You don't need those and rights. It, and it still doesn't work that way. Even if the burden of proof is on you and you can meet that burden, it still doesn't work that way. Right. You still don't get to decide. So on the most basic American patriot backyard boy thing, shall not be infringed is very basic. On the, the most based aspect of it, you don't have the right as an individual human being to dictate to me as another human being how I defend myself and my family. You are not better than me. You are not greater than me. You don't have more power than me. You don't have anything that I don't have. Might equals right, and you do not have the power or the ability, even in the slightest, to tell me or dictate to me how I should defend myself. Kindly fuck off. I will continue to build shit. I will continue to print shit. We will continue to rock and the fuck roll. I just, we talk about it so much and it's so important. You know, I, I my only concern is that I don't want people to get burnt out by it. But it's, as I sit in the danger bunker, that makes me look like a goddamn radical. I guarantee <laughs> you and I tell you, this is not a radical position. <laughs> this, is, this is a very basic concept that everyone should understand. <laughs> I should not address like this to miss this point. This was a bad idea, but we are <laughs> way too deep in it to go back now. I I tell you, as a as a responsible father, gun owner, husband, and uh, you know person who works multiple hours a week of overtime to to support and defend his family, and uh, you know would would happily lay down my life to defend other people who can't defend themselves. I tell you, this is not about extremism. This is not about radicalism. This is about the very basics of what we are asking for. Everyone is asking for all of the time. Right. And I tell you, just as I would defend you, you don't have the right to dictate to me what my rights are. Just as I don't have the power to dictate to you what your rights are. I would never tell you what you can or can't have. I would debate it with you because it would be a goddamn interesting conversation. If you want to have a 50 cal so you can defend your house, I'm not going to tell you no. To the same end, you do not get to tell me no. Kindly fuck off Bob Ferguson. Fuck off Jay Inslee. All of these fascistic motherfuckers that happen to run our state this terrible dictatorial place one might say it's run by an oligarchy it's horrific <laughs> and i don't doubt that if it's passed that it will be challenged legally i don't doubt that the uh was it the ninth circuit uh it's either the ninth or the sixth that's over here will ninth. you know yep tell us to eat shit and that it's all fine and good to go but with any luck at all it will make its way to the supreme court but uh, who knows? You know, this is like we we're talking earlier with the body armor. This is just in a, a wave of anti-2A, anti-firearm legislation that is coming around the country. 
in regards to rising crime rates that oh, yeah. have been brought on by leftist political ideology. So yeah. it is say, not yeah. even a case of them eating themselves. This is absolutely how it has been designed to introduce gun legislation on a state level, certainly to introduce gun legislation so people can push back and we can be pointed to as extremists and as uh, terrorists uh, to make it even easier to justify and to pass this type of stuff. So, Well, I would say one that... little bit of possible good news, though, would be when we look at the New York, the New York gun law that kind yes. of bit them in the ass when they tried to pass that. And the Supreme Court said, well, try again, because technically you can't do that. And they were overruled. Mind you, New York City just kind of did whatever they wanted to do anyways and spit in the face of the Supreme Court because that's what places do. But there might be a little hope with uh, with Supreme Court precedent at that point that might be on our side. But mind you, that was a little different because that was about carrying um, outside of your home. But, you know, uh, in, any little piece of 2A rulings, you know, pro 2A rulings is a good thing. So, you know, there might be a glimmer of hope. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And there's been a ton of states that are getting the constitutional carry thing. So, yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, hopefully it is a, a national trend and not another example of just continued and deep into division across the political spectrum. Yeah. Because, I, you know, it, it, it doesn't get much worse than an assault weapons ban because yeah. of the way that they classify things. There are like a ton of pistols and stuff like that. Like when I was at the gun store yesterday, they're talking about threaded barrels. You can't even get a threaded barrel for a pistol. So even if you wanted to just get a compensator for your Glock, you couldn't buy a threaded barrel and put that in your Glock to then put a compensator on it because of this assault weapon ban. That's insane. That is, that's, <laughs> but that is absolutely that, insane. It just shows you that this is not actually about guns like this, right? No. It's not about actual rifles or things that they would say is an assault weapon. It's about anything that is outside of, and this is just right now because they don't have a way to go any further than this politically. Yeah. It's just, it's just pistols. It's just things at your house, shotguns, things that you're going to hunt an animal with. That's the only thing that they can't politically take away from you because how else would they say well we're not infringing on your right to own guns if they're saying you know for hunting and stuff like that yeah. that's the last leg before no no, no this is just all too dangerous yep. you know so that's why they're still willing to capitulate to, to to pistols to revolvers and to glocks and things like this that the police carry every day even though they don't like to admit the police also carry fucking ar-15s every day that yeah. are oftentimes fully automatic uh you know so this 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 is not about safety it's about control just yes. like so many other things or really every other thing when it comes to big government it's not about anything other than power and control that's all that this is about it's just increasing power increasing control because if you have any type of individual agency you're you're a threat if you have the ability to, to do anything you can do what i'm doing right now and sit in your basement and wear body armor and have a rifle you're a threat immediately um i just shared a story on shared a story, an article on our story this week that is an older story, but it was about the longest standing 
the longest running standoff in American history that was like almost 15 years of a guy who got into a tussle with the police officer and like bit his ear off because he didn't have a, a carry license and the cop tried to hem him up for it. And he was like, no, that's my God given right to be carrying this pistol. And so they just armed the fuck up and were just patrolling their property every day for like 10, 15 years with rifles and stuff like that. Had his kids out there and the cops would roll by and they never went in and eventually the sheriff called it off and they dropped the charges and like we never went in because it wasn't worth it. You know, it, it wasn't worth it to try and execute this because people could have died. Sheriffs could have died. It was one guy, one guy in his family. And that's so be, be ungovernable. It's, it's not like you don't you're not a threat. Right. That's the whole point is you, if you have individual agency, you are a threat. That's the entirety of the point. Yep. That's why one person can make a difference. That's why it's important for you and all of your friends to understand this. That's why it's important for you and all of your friends to have gear like this, to have kit like this, to know what it's about, to train with it, to be comfortable with it, to be able to run, to be able to even just sit here for multiple hours and wear it so that if you have to just sit in the house and fucking defend yourself, you don't get, oh, I'm so tired, and you take it off and then die. Like, it's it's so it's so basic. It matters so much. And I, I've... I want everyone to understand that it matters now because when it's if you don't, then it will be too late. And I'm not trying to be all scary and and whatever, you know, fatalistic. But it, it's important to to do now before it is too late. Yeah, because in your house, you like it, I said, if you're just sitting and you're getting tired, it's too late at that point. Yeah. So. Well, I have one local story that'll help close us out. Well, let's um, hear it. This is uh, this comes from King Five. The capital gains tax is constitutional. The Washington State Supreme Court rules. So we we go from um, them taking the right to your to defend yourself to now them just having more reasons to take more of your money. Um, the tax on the state's top investment earnings earners uh, passed in uh, 2021. It was expected to raise hundreds of millions. Uh, for education, and that's how they're justifying their use of the capital gains tax in Washington State is by putting it all towards education. Um, so from Olympia, the Washington State uh, Supreme Court ruled Friday that capital gains tax is constitutional, reversing the lower court's ruling. In a court's ma majority opinion, Justice Deborah Stevens wrote that the capital gains tax is appropriately characterized <clears throat> and as an excise tax because it is levied on the sale or exchange of capital assets and not the assets of or gains themselves. So it's it's when you realize the gains or losses, that's when they get to take your money. So at least they're not trying to tax your un 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 um unrealized gains like uh right. like uh what's her face uh uh Cahannes is trying to do. Uh Elizabeth Warren. Um Quote, this understanding of the tax is consistent with a long line of precedent recognizing excise taxes as those levied on the exercise of rights associated with property ownership, such as the power to sell or exchange property in contrast to property taxes levied or property itself, she wrote. So in other words, it's no difference than you having to pay tax after you sell a house on the profit that you made from the house. And in more basic terms, this is if you're investing in the stock market and you make money off of that, if you then try and sell those stocks to get the money, you'll be taxed on the profit that you made on these trades. So they're saying if you let it sit in the market, it'll be fine. If you yeah. floss, if you just have numbers and you whatever, if you're just trying to what do they call it, like your, your net worth, right? Yeah. If you're just falling on your net worth. 
then it's fine. But if you want to make that actual liquid cash and turn it into something, then we're going to get our fucking piece of it. Yes. Yes. Even though they probably charged you when you first bought it anyways, but that's fine. Oh, almost definitely. Yeah. Um, quote, There's nothing better in the state um, than when you can bring more fairness among our members of our blessed community. And that's what happened here today, Governor Inslee said. Um, Republican yeah. Senator uh, Lena Wilson, Linda Wilson, said the ruling surprised her, said every other state in the union and the IRS still calls it capital gains and income tax, said Wilson. Um, that was the big argument, is they were saying this is essentially an income tax, and uh, income tax in Washington state is illegal. Uh, it's unconstitutional, um, which is why they can't call it that so they call it an excise tax so it's 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 done on a sale it's not done when you 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 don't count that as income even though when you report to the IRS on your federal taxes if you sell your house and make a bunch of money you put that down as income so only in this state now is it not income when you sell that's an excise sale so that's a whole deal um the tax uh, on the state's top investment earners passed in 20, uh, 2021. It was expected to raise hundreds of millions for education in the state that supports um, supporters of the tax say reali- relies too heavily on sales tax. However, uh, critics argued that capital gains tax is a form of income tax prohibited by Washington State Constitution. In March 2020, Douglas County Supreme Court Judge Brian Huber uh, agreed with opponents, ruling it is unconstitutional tax on income, but was then summarily overruled. So now we have a capital gains income tax in Washington state, whether we like it or not, because it's not an income tax. It's an excise tax. So the state on the the state, both on on a, on a, a micro and macro level of the state of Washington and the overall government figure is hostile towards money. I'm not saying Whatever, I'm fucking so sick. Of Shout out Bilbo in the chat. Spending billionaires. No, you should have. You have a right to your money. If you earned money, you deserve it. No one else has the right to take that money from you. Taxation is theft. They're they're hostile towards money here. If you make any fucking money at all, they want to steal it from you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it's horrific. The because by terrible. by rights, a if a millionaire is subject to get a portion of their money taken from them for making a million dollars, then the person that makes a thousand dollars is also subject to that same cash cash draw by the state. There's no difference. They just, they couch all this stuff in millionaires and billionaires and investors and big money and this, but it still affects everybody from the, the homeowner, the first time homeowner that is looking to try to sell their, their, their starter home so they can move up in the world and get a a bigger, better house, maybe expand their family and so on and so forth. They're going to get hit with the same type of tax that Jeff Bezos is ideally subject to as well, because in the eyes of the state, they are no difference. If you're making any kind of money, they are hostile to that in this state. Period. It's terrible. Welcome to Washington state, baby. Yeah. Don't come here. Don't come here. Like, it's real pretty in the summertime, but still don't come here. 
They they want you to be able to have a business, but they don't want you to make a living off of that business. Yeah, they like the you know? idea of business. You know, yeah. it's it's a nice idea for people to have jobs and to to start small businesses, but really they're going to try to tax and regulate the shit out of you so that you can't even operate that business. And then that gives them more incentive to get more involved and and participate more in the private industry, which then just pushes more and more small people out that allows basically the only it makes it so that the only business that can survive are giant corporations which they can easily tax 35 45 percent in and they'll still be able to operate businesses mom and pop shops can't can't operate like that that's that's game over at this point with fucking right. minimum wage laws or you know i mean look at the we've talked about like the starbucks unionization efforts and shit like that you try to start a coffee shop somewhere like a coffee stand they're ubiquitous around here they're everywhere right well yes now you're telling me that as an owner as somebody that wants to start that and prop that up if you want to hire somebody you're going to have to pay them twenty dollars an hour plus benefits full ride medical and all this stuff which equates to probably thirty five dollars an hour you can't even pay yourself that much so goodbye business <laughs> Kevin Garcia says the left destroys businesses. Me and uh, GF can't afford to even hire an employee here in California because the regulations are insane just to hire somebody. That is correct. California for a reason, Kevin. Yeah. It's tough sitch. Tough sitch. Well, I think that was a healthy local story segment. We haven't gone that local in a long time. No, we don't usually have too much that's going on here. Nothing yeah. that's like really worth our stuff. You know, there's yeah. a lot of, I don't know, random nonsense that happens here, but nothing that really hits on our radar. So yeah, it was good. Just a reminder for all of you guys that we're we're some of the few sane people that live in this state, and we will continue to bring you news like this and hope of freedom and redemption from a lawless leftist land of tyranny. Um, we, we will continue to do our best. That's right. And uh, at least we can all go to bed knowing that we're better off than Kevin is in California. So there's that. <laughs> just, just slightly. That's right. <laughs> oh, well, fantastic. All right. So we will wrap up this first segment. We made it through the first segment. I didn't die. So we're here for it. We did it. Um, so yeah, let me hit the button and I'm going to make sure to turn off, uh, desktop audio so that you can't hear our banter in between segments. And then we'll, well first we'll, we'll, we may oh, make yeah. sure that we tell everyone the sponsor for the first segment, uh, was Lexi Coyote. She's Ooh. home. So she's probably going to be streaming today or tomorrow. She will uh, not be even, we have discussed this. She will not be streaming this weekend. She is far too exhausted. There you go. All right. Well, maybe next weekend, either way, she streamed all the time. There's still videos up there. So yep. the first sponsor is lexi kyle on twitch of course i want to thank you guys for being here we've got a couple people in the chat we've got some other people watching thank you guys for being here I know it's a little bit different than normal but i think we're vibing i feel very good about it make sure that you like you comment subscribe you tell everybody about it subscribe to the patreon go there five dollars get to the newsletter comes out on the last day of the month we have the book club that's going on 1984 is this month's book we're almost done we're closing we got like what six days left in the month so we got a stephen king joint coming up next month uh it's gonna be great and yeah, I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. Colin is at Bigford Offie on both of those things. You can find all of this at saltofthestreets.com, including the Instagram, uh, the, the YouTube that you guys are watching right now, and of course, like I said, the Patreon. So 
we'll be back in just a few minutes for i think we have some national stories right that's what we're doing next so that's what we're doing we're freewheeling yeah we're just doing whatever so we've got some more stories coming up next that's right plague cast is in full effect and we're gonna that's right. before we go to break we're gonna roll the lexi Kyo ad so uh turn your youtube up donovan so you can watch it and then we'll yes. we'll get into the break all right Thank you so much for the follow, Wigglefoot. Welcome to the den. By the way, I'm Lexi. Fucking adorable. It's a turtle with a tree in there. Aruba, Jamaica. Oh, I wanna take ya. Oh my god. Sipi tamales. Tamales are Mexican. I'm Ecuadorian. Come on, back in. I'm so sorry. Beepy bappy boop. Bermudas, Bahamas. I. Now wait, come, pretty mama. <laughs> Eat a bitch. Wee, 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 Right? That's a kung fu hustle. I don't think so. Okay, just erase and delete everything I had to say. I like, I like my Star Wars. I like my my stuff. <laughs> I'm a geek. I am Lexi. I am a variety streamer and also a flight attendant. So I come and I go. And I come again, and I go. <laughs> when I'm here, you'll see me streaming. And we're back. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Salt of the Streets, episode 144. My name is Donovan. I'm Colin. This next, yeah, next to me is Colin. On my screen, it's below me, but you're actually next to me on their screen. So, <clears throat> yes, where are you? Oh, that's terrible. No, that's a horrible thing. Joseph's um, here. So. There we go. Trump expected to speak at 6 p.m. at his first official re-election campaign rally. What do you think for the choice of Waco, Texas for the kickoff? People have... I don't think that it's that big of a deal. People are making a huge... Just a hullabaloo about... Waco? Yeah. About him going there. And I don't... Donald Trump doesn't speak to the crowd that would read Waco as like a like a dog whistle, you know, like they're saying. So that's why I'm confused by it. Because... Bump stock Trump going to go to Waco? What's that? Bump stock Trump? Mr. Bump stock right. Dan Trump going to go to Waco? Yeah. He doesn't speak for, you know, <laughs> they like to point out the, <clears throat> the, the three percenters and the whatever, you know, that, that are down for Trump. And mm -hmm. I know... Lots of those guys are a lot of those guys are larpers, you know, like a, like a real life larper. So that's why when they went to to, to take the capital, ain't nobody was had a gat. It's because they weren't really trying to take the capital, you know. They they like to <laughs> fuck don't around. Tell the government and, you know, that. <laughs> yeah, they like to get together in kid and like mag dump and trash. But a lot of those guys, they're not fucking around in kit. They're not doing rucks. They're not even going out and running drills. They're just doing shit, you know. They like to wear kit. They like to have that type of stuff. But they just have, you know, fifteen ARs with like all the same type of scope and shit on them. And they're, but they're not, they're not banging. They're so he doesn't really speak for those people. You know, I don't think that it's that big of a deal. I think so, it's interesting how, like he's he's held up by those people, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's held up on such a pedestal for him. I I'd be really interested. Joseph, you say it's priceless that he's going to Waco. I mean, I mean, we just did have the anniversary of Waco, right? That was not that long ago, yeah. right? 
<laughs> Those are the feds, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he is not wrong. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't think at least 60% of the three percenters were, weren't feds. <laughs> yeah, that's because, in my opinion... They're all feds. These if, you're, shit. if you're willing to really throw down and, like, try and take on the government, you're not putting it on your truck. Nah, you bro. Know? You might, like... And I, I might be contradicting myself by talking about that on a podcast, but um, this is the type of thing that we advocate for. So, like, I, 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 I align it a little bit differently, you know. But like, it's not like I have that type of shit on my on my truck, or like, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I have, I have some. Um, oh, I might have them up here. Um, oh, they're right here. Yes. Okay. I have these coasters. There are three percent are coasters. Oh, okay. So if you're willing to take on the government, you're not making coasters about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's why, like, like if we like we make merch, our merch is not wear this when you when you book. Like that's not why we make t-shirts. You know, they're t-shirts for the podcast. This is just a thing that right that that's like that's this, not this a rallying cry. This final sticker is not going to go on your kit. Yeah, it's not a rallying cry for the malicious. That that is shit for our podcast to advocate for stuff that we talk about. This, <laughs> this is the thing we talk about. You don't make stuff like this if you're really trying to take on the government. Someone gave this to me as a gift, and I was like, "This is really awesome." Because I don't think they knew exactly what it was, but they thought that it was cool. And they're like, "I think that you would like this." Looks super and, America. And I brought it home. I was like, "This is some three percenter shit," and that is awesome. That that's what this is. Is there thirteen stars on that? Um, Count the stars. Yes. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Based. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that awesome? I love it. So, oh, that's yeah, good. Yeah, all this fucking, you know, the Proud Boys, all these, all these dudes, they're just, these are... Those guys are they're hooligans. They're hooligans. Those guys are just hooligans. Yeah, they're basically you they're know? one step apart from soccer hooligans in the UK. Yeah, that's that's adorable. That's why when they went, they were just fists, bro. Fisty cuffs. So, yeah. Oh man, that is... I think it's interesting, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. I know, like I said, the, all the all the the dailies on Friday were tripping about him being in Waco. So it's legit this, now we know. Uh, yeah, this could potentially be a dog whistle for the extreme right that Donald Trump seems to stand for. You know what like, it probably I mean, is, really? It's just him going, I'm going to get more coverage if I do it at Waco. This is going to be right. good for me because there's no such thing as bad press, bro. That's just free press. And Because how... I think it's probably... Do you... Go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. I would say it's probably more of a big deal that this is his first real big, you know, re-election campaign speech that he's doing, his first re-election rally that he's doing. And it, he's been announced now for how many months? And this is the first time right. he's actually getting out there, really doing something big. Mind you, in the grand scheme of re-election campaigns and stuff like that, it's not late in the game or anything he just came out way early so now that we know no 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 now, no 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 unless donald trump goes to waco and in his speech talks about the insane government overreach and the horrific tragedy that happened there 
and then calls for the abolition of the ATF, unless he does those things, then it means nothing. Because that's the only reason that that's the only way it would be significant. That that's what that stands for when you when people talk about Waco and things that happened there. It's not because they love David Koresh, right? It's not because they think a lot of great shit was happening there. It's because the government went there and murdered a bunch of people and children because they didn't like what they had going on, right? So unless that's what Donald Trump is going to talk about in regards to Waco in his speech, then he isn't even doing it to to dog whistle. He's doing it, like you said, Colin, because it's going to get more attention. It's just because people are going to talk about it afterwards. But that's the only reason that it would be significant that he would be doing it at Waco is if that's the type of message that he's going to put across. And I know that he, like, fucks with the Freedom Caucus, but I don't think that he's going to be willing to take up that stance of we need to abolish the ATF after he was willing to let bump stocks be banned and then try and turn around and use the pistol braces as a rallying cry, you know, I don't, that's, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, that, that's, would be some of the most bold flip flopping and, and hypocrisy that we've seen in, in quite some time. It's a very small issue, you know, but it was less than six years ago that, that he had bump stocks, allowed bump stocks to be banned under his own administration. So yeah. to, to then turn around and say, well, we really need these pistol braces. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, it, very long shot in the dark, but it could be potentially the beginning of a, redump- a redemption arc for Bumpstock Donnie. You know, if he actually did come out, you know, um, and took shots at the ATF and actually said, you know, like, hey, yo, let's do it. Let's get rid of these things. He's had a he's learned a lot of hard lessons, blah, blah, blah. It's been in so many years. I see now he'll never admit fault for anything he's ever done. But like maybe, right. you know, I see the error of my ways and let's just get rid of all these alphabet soup agencies uh, starting with the ATF. Let's do it. I'd be like, all right. OK, well, you know. If he if he says that, yeah, one hundred percent, and I and I just don't, I, I don't, don't think he it. will, because he's not a he's not a small government dude. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like he he also doesn't want to grow it. He doesn't. He's not a massive government guy, but he's also not a small government dude. So he likes to be able to swing the dick of the government when it benefits him, and he's trying to get some shit done. So I just don't see a world where. He, you know, Joseph said that he took it as a shot at the ATF. And I know if if going there is a shot at the ATF, then that's some real pussy, passive aggressive shot that you're taking out of people. <laughs> like the fact that I I made a speech here and didn't mention what you did, the fact that you murdered adults and children here, then that is some real pussy, passive aggressive shit. So yeah, if you go there and don't say it, it's almost worse than just not going there right and that then that's what i'm saying then it really means nothing if you don't mention it then it really means nothing you were only doing it for for attention when is when is this rally going down um i just i I just googled real quick trump waco rally and of course there are i mean within the last 20 hours there's like 20 different stories about trump going to waco it's already begun the the corporate press is already yeah. pushing it out. Uh, Joseph says six it. p.m. tonight. So, yeah, oh, he hasn't dog. made the speech yet, so we'll see. Well, I'm and I'm not saying that he won't. I just don't. I don't expect that. Um, that's. I'm yeah, not gonna lie not ex- though. I do miss a. I do miss a Trump rally. 
They usually I would they be usually surprised. have some funny parts in them. <laughs> yeah. I would be surprised to hear him say, I don't fuck. Now I think about it. Okay, so I can see maybe shots of the ATF that he's like the guy that Biden picked is bad. Like I would have picked a better guy, you know, or I will pick a better guy if you put me in. Then I'll get this guy out who did the pistol brace shit, and I'll put in a guy who won't do that. Yeah. So maybe we'll just stick with bump um, stocks. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> well, Supreme Court okayed that. Those are turned around now. People can have those again. There you go. So, so it's too late. He can't do that again. Um. All right, we'll see, Joseph. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. Yeah, you know, you always got me thinking. I don't know if you know this, Joseph. I've written about you twice in the articles on our Patreon. If you don't know that, I'm not going to send it to you. I'm going to make you pay five dollars for it. But you give me five dollars, <laughs> and you can see all of them, <laughs> and you can see the ones that I talked about. You, I did not ever say anything bad. Don't worry about that. I would never, I would never ever do that, especially in a like a private place where you don't have the ability to defend yourself. I would never do that. Uh, but I have used conversations that we've had via comments and the show to fuel an article and a discussion on that. Um, just to put it out there, I would never, I would never say bad shit about you, especially if you're, and then make you pay to read it. That'd be fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> if I did talk shit, I would definitely just send it to you. Yeah. That's some corporate <laughs> press bullshit right there. We're going to yeah. talk shit about you in this article, but if you want to read it, make sure to subscribe. That's right. Yeah. No, I would never do that, but no, I, I don't remember. Um, we talked about Tyree Nichols. We talked about like what would be justice. I think the last article that I did was on that. Yeah. So and then there was another conversation that we had that I wrote about too. Um, You'd be challenging my thoughts, Joseph. I fuck go. with you. I like Thanks. you a lot. What are you drinking? What do you got? You got some pale ale right there? Some Johnny's? Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Some Johnny Utah, Old Johnny baby. Utah. Yeah. If only they'd stock that at the soccer field, then we we'd be set. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Sonic rain. Something. Yeah, I went to when I bought my gun yesterday. Palmer's is uh, about two minutes from Trenton's house. Nice. So I picked up Trenton and brought him with me to Palmer's. Oh, that's probably a good experience for him. Yeah, I didn't. He thought I was going to pick up a gun yesterday. And so he's never bought a gun before. So Mm -hmm. he didn't know. um, (laughs) Let me explain how 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 this works, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to pay in cash. So I had to order it yesterday mm-hmm. so i ordered it and it'll be there early next week and i'll go and i'll start the paperwork and then i had to wait you know however many fucking days excuse me to go and pick it up um, do you have to do like a deposit when you do that i just paid for it all i oh, just nice. gave them all the money so. nice <clears throat> did trenton have any thoughts on uh how that whole thing worked yeah, he was like, I can't believe that you did it. I thought you were going to leave with it. And I was like, no, it doesn't work that way in most places. So there are some places where it's like that. And it's like, if you buy certain weapons, if I was going to go in there and buy a shotgun, I could leave with it today. Like, that would be fine. Um, they would just make sure I'm 18 and that I pass a background check and I would be able to take it. Um, that, but, you know, even ARs and stuff like that, um, even if I bought something off the wall, then there's still a 10-day waiting period for you know i1639 um that starts after your background check passes so it's like 13 days or some shit like that and i don't know the weekends count it's a whole it's a whole it's a rigmarole yeah it's a whole it's, it's deal. an infringement like joseph said it's, it's definitely it's definitely an infringement um, there's no doubt about that 
Yeah. It's like the definitional like case of what an infringement is. Yeah. It's, like, it's so not he was quite deprived. a uh, it's not quite a, a a revoking of your right, but it's definitely infringement on it. A hundred percent it is. Um, but yeah, yeah, like you could walk in and buy a shotgun over the counter and walk out with it. You could buy like a bolt action rifle and walk out with it. Yeah. The kind of ends. And then it, it used to be pre 1639, mm-hmm. I 1639. You used to be able to use the background check from your pistol license. So if you had a concealed pistol license and you went and bought a pistol, they could use that same background check because it was within the last five years and done to the police department. And so you could walk out same day if you had a pistol license. Um, but that was only for pistols. Well, and it used to be for ARs. You could do the same shit because we yeah. didn't have 1639. So you could go in and buy a sporting rifle and walk out that day as long as you were 18. Not anymore. So much has changed. Yeah. And I'm glad There's the violence is definitely subdued. Oh, yeah, yeah. Murder rate's <laughs> fully gone down. It's awesome. It's way down. Seattle's a super safe place now. Awesome. It's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love taking my family there. We feel very safe. I, I avoid it like the plague. We don't. I've been once in the last three years. Mm-hmm. We're going to Portland next weekend. Oh, yeah. I'm just, you know, I was at Trenton's house yesterday talking to his mom. I told her, I was like, yeah, we're going to Portland next weekend. We're going to go see Christina P. That's why we're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she said, oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, oh, I'm definitely bringing my rifle. I'm 100% bringing my rifle. Just I don't I don't know. And the place that we're staying is like in Portland. It's like 15 minutes from the theater, so it's in proper fucking Portland. And I'll just be damned if I'm ever in a position where I can't have the upper hand on somebody. You know? Yeah, I would almost. Whew, like I would almost advise against it, just for the fact that like. Uh, car theft <laughs> and like breaking into people's cars is so ubiquitous around there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I just, well, no, we're staying in the like an Airbnb, you know. So I would probably leave it, leave the rifle at the Airbnb. Oh yeah, and, okay. And I'll still, um, I mean, I definitely would never carry without uh, a license uh, somewhere. Of course so, not. So I won't bring my pistol. Um, so, but that's <laughs> you know we'll see what's up. Um, I don't know. Like when we went to go see Jordan Peterson, they weren't metal detecting people there. I carried no. in in whatever theater that was. But when I went to the garage, when I went to the bar, they were flagging people there. So I had to leave my gas my car then, um, which I did not love. Yeah, but. That's a top tier establishment, bro. Yeah. I can get same day only because of my CCP. Yeah, it used to be like that, Joseph, and that was pretty cool. My first gun I walked out with, we waited like three days because we knew that our pistol licenses were coming in the mail. And so we just waited and then went and picked them up same day. But yeah, now we got this fucking bullshit. I think with this pistol, I just have to wait until my background check comes back. I don't think it's a 10 day waiting period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I still, it only comes with 10 round magazines because we live in a fucking, uh, yep, but, but your boy's a genius and, uh, you pre-bought, right? Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. Oh, a nice patch on the back there. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, you like that? I finally got that on there. The Compton Lumber Company. Yes. Yeah. No. So I have a bunch of these 17s, and then I got this nice uh, that 30 round hockey stick on there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna mount this this 30 rounder on my kit right here. Yeah, that's a big. Gee, that's a big boy. Yep. Man. Yeah, that that was thinking ahead. I remember that you were like, yeah, I feel weird because I just bought a bunch of mags for a gun I don't even own yet. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. And then I was at the store yesterday when I brought Trenton with me, and he was trying to talk me into buying other shit off the wall. I've been saving this money for like goddamn near two years now, and I've had to spend it two times for other stuff. And um, he's like, you should get this. Or like, you get something to treat yourself. Or like, I was like, Trenton, I don't have money to treat myself. I am treating <laughs> myself by buying this right here. And he's like trying to talk me into buying other stuff. And I even didn't even think about this, but I'm glad I didn't because I got all these fucking magazines. And if I bought something else, I would have been super pissed when I got home. <laughs> like, well, I have seven magazines I can't do anything with now. <laughs> oh, that's no. good. That's good. <clears throat> so I think uh, since it already came up, we should probably talk about uh, Trump indictment first, huh? Let's talk about it. Let's, Let's talk about T-Dog. Yeah, so last weekend, it might even have been like a week ago today, it might have been Sunday, he, Truth, right, he's putting out on Truth Social that, like, I could potentially be arrested as soon as Tuesday, you know, you guys need to rally and, and protest, and, you know, this is an outrage, make sure this doesn't happen, like, you know, all, all the things. So, all week, literally all week, that is all corporate media could talk about is you oh, yeah. know, Donald Trump is going to be arrested fucking any minute now. They're going to come and hem him up because, and this is in regards to Stormy Daniels, right? This is because yep. he's got a couple of different cases going around, but this one has to do with the New York grand jury where, oh God, Michael Cohen, uh, you know, helped organize payments to go to Stormy Daniels that are allegedly or not allegedly or whatever hush money payments because they had an affair and um, you know but now I'm seeing all these people retweet a letter from 2018 from Stormy Daniels saying that she never had an affair with Donald Trump and that she never got money and I, I, I don't I don't know what the truth is on any of this stuff anymore I know that we are actively involved in sending millions of dollars to foreign nations so that they can bomb each other back and forth. And we just watched a few banks close in the last two weeks and it's happening around the globe. And I know that all I heard about all week was that Donald Trump was going to be arrested. And yesterday I started seeing AI images of him running around. Uh, like I, I saw him, you know, people be him being arrested, which yeah. was really funny. Yep. And then I also saw him running with like an AR-15 with like an escape from New York type of deal. And oh, yeah. that about having piss in my pants. I called that um, six finger Donnie. Dude, that one was great. That the, one. Him with the AR was really yeah. fucking funny. He had like a wicked like running tilt going on. And like yeah. in his, in the offhand, I counted, he had six fingers underneath the, uh, underneath the barrel. <laughs> It's like, oh, there it yeah. is. In the new YMH, Brian Simpson was talking about how AI fucks up people's hands a lot. And yeah, ever since a, he said that, I've hands. noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, that's the big giveaway right now is you just look at the hands, and the hands are always messed up for some reason. Yeah. Thank goodness AI hasn't conquered the uncanny valley of hands yet. Um, right. But this is that letter that was going around. Um, this came out in 2018. 
and I believe this was from the Michael Cohen case. Um, he says, Mr. Jordan, I am writing on behalf of my client, Michael Cohen, in response to your letter dated January 30th, 2018. Specifically, this letter responds to the complaint number, blah, 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 which was filed in federal elect the Federal Elections Commission, the FEC, um, uh, in private transaction in 2016 before the U.S. presidential election. Mr. Cohen used his own personal funds to facilitate a payment of $130,000 to Miss um, Stephanie Clifford, a.k.a. Stormy Daniels. Neither the Trump organization nor the Trump campaign was a party to the transaction with Miss Clifford and neither reimbursed Mr. Cohen for the payment directly or indirectly. So once that came out, um, which is already... In the judicial system, mind you, from Michael Cohen's case, because um, this was put out by his lawyer, um, kind of shot their entire case in the grand jury because their entire case was that Trump, like, essentially told Cohen to pay the money. He'd pay him back. He'd reimburse him. But he's already said in court that he paid it out of his own personal funds. Trump had nothing to do with it. And yeah. so then there's no violation of the Federal Elections Commission because Trump didn't use any campaign funds to pay off Stormy Daniels. Case Unless seems to be close Michael at that Cohen point. is going to now say that he perjured himself in court. Which he already did for other reasons and then went to jail for it for three years. <laughs> Star witness, bro. The whole case is a total shit show. And yeah, um, at this awesome. point, the, the, the New York DA, uh, what's his name? Alvin Bragg, I believe, um, he suspended the the grand jury multiple days last week after this letter surfaced because the entire case basically is a total shit show and he he's not able to get the grand jury to come to a conclusion based off of the preponderance of evidence that they have supposedly gathered at this point so it well, seems yeah, I saw something else about him supposedly having withheld like a ton of documents as well yeah um, i don't know whether or not that's true uh yeah that are potentially exculpatory evidence for Donald Trump, you know, like thousands of documents. Um, yeah, would not did you see it me. as well? Do you want me to find an article? Uh, I do not have an article for it. But did he, did you see that? Mm -mm. No? no. Okay. So let me try to find an article to make sure that I am not saying wrong shit. Getting high on your um, own supply. Yes. <laughs> NYDA without. Oh, man, I got a good grab bag for this week. This is going to be good. I'm excited. Part four is going to be lit. So while you're looking that up, uh, did you hear about... Uh, I just obviously have been in like a fever coma for the last few days, but I'm hearing now about some uh, attacks over in Syria, some U.S. airstrikes, and, and then some Iranian attacks against American bases in Syria. Yes. Oh, great. Yes. I did hear about that. Okay. Um, let's see. SandraRose.com, PJ Media, USA News, Canada Free Press. Oh, Canada um, has a free press? That's news to me. Headline UA, Gateway Pundit. Um, that's the one I think I know the most. Let's see. We'll let uh, Brown News do its thing. But this says, 
they're also about George Soros. Soros funded DA Alvin Bragg caught hiding nearly 600 pages of exculpatory evidence from New York grand jury in Trump case. 600? Three, yeah. Um, attorney Robert Costello, the former legal advisor to Michael Cohen, spoke to Tucker Carlson on Monday night after he testified to the Manhattan grand jury investigating President Donald Trump. Costello told the Fox News audience that he testified for two hours in front of Alvin Bragg's Manhattan grand jury. Robert Costello told Tucker Carlson, I spoke to the jury for two hours. It was clear to me the Manhattan grand jury did not want to get truth. And now it's being reported the New York District Alvin Attorney District Attorney Alvin Bragg was hiding exculpatory evidence from the grand jury. According to Fox News legal mind Greg Jarrett, Soros-funded DA Alvin Bragg hid nearly 600 pages of exculpatory evidence to the New York grand jury investigating Donald Trump. Greg Jarrett, I mentioned it yesterday, I think, when Bob Costello got in the grand jury room and told them, wait a minute. You don't have the hundreds of pages I handed over to Alvin Bragg over here. You only have six cherry-picked documents. You know, hiding from grand juries, exculpatory information is reprehensible and inconscionable. And the conduct of Alvin Bragg and his henchman, Mark Pomeranz, who specifically says in his book, we are targeting zombies because we don't like his beliefs. Those guys should face disbarment proceedings. Yeah. I second so that. that guy... Uh, whatever his name is, Greg Jarrett says that he that the grand jury is missing documents. That's not good. Six hundred pages, essentially. That's insane. Yeah, you get six out of these six hundred pages, bro. It's real bad that even in New York City, a grand jury in New York City, you can't get to automatically indict Trump, which means you have serious problems with your case. Yeah. Uh, this is not the one. They, they got real, real close. I think there was a lot of people that uh, creamed their pants thinking this was going to be it. I don't think this is it, baby. Right. I guarantee you Trump's going to say that uh, at his rally today. I wonder what the deal was. Why do you think he said that? Why do you think Donald Trump said on, that he thought he was going to be arrested on Tuesday? I have a feeling that um, there was probably some kind of conversation from somebody at the DA's office to somebody in Trump's orbit that was like, hey, we're probably going to indict the former president at this point. We need to like get some kind of, you know, logistics started at this point. And that made it up to him. And then he was like, oh, fuck this. I'm tweeting about it. I'm, I'm truthing about this thing. Yeah. Because at that point, too, even if it's just rumor or hearsay, that's instant press that's instant money into his you know in his campaign funds i mean that is just a win 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 all around at that point even if he did get arrested and they did the bannon style like perp walk and pictures and processing he'd never actually do any real jail time while this thing actually went to like court court um no. which it probably wouldn't, and the DA would just look even worse, and Trump would look just fantastic on that point. It, this would be an amazing political get for him if he was to have, if they would have tried to jump the gun on this. Yeah, it's almost like free advertising from Trump. Uh, why would he not? That's exactly it, Joseph. That's, I think that's just you. You get that train rolling, and if if he was to say that without any kind of looming indictment. It would mean nothing, but with a looming indictment like that and, you know, the New York corporate press being what it is, 
they're going to run with that all day and like they did all week, you know. And right. That's just, and I that's don't just mean free press. I don't mean once he learned that, why would he tell everyone? I don't mean that. Of course, okay. he's going to tell everyone. I mean, like, and just because of what Joseph said, I didn't think you understood. I I just meant, how do you think he caught wind of the fact or the idea that he was going to be, you know, supposedly indicted? Oh. Um, and and I think that's that's what you were answering. Um, mm. And yeah, I, I imagine you know we all know, <clears throat> especially in regards to Donald Trump, how horrifically leaky every aspect of the government is. So I think that someone overheard another person saying, "Yeah, we we got this motherfucker." Yeah, and so they leaked it to you know to someone in like you said in Trump's orbit to tell him like they they think that they're gonna get you. And if the last day that they're interviewing someone is Monday or whatever, then it could be as early as Tuesday. And so Donald Trump is is going to do what Donald Trump does Let's and do tell it. everyone in the world about it. Yeah. And subsequently, corporate media saying, you know, we all remember what happened on January 6th. And, you know, we know what type of crowd he can he can whip up and what they do when they're whipped into a frenzy and. Uh, you know, who knows what their target is going to be. And then the New York police are setting up all the, the roadblocks and stuff like that yeah. outside of the courthouse. And um, so yeah, I saw videos of like the, uh, you know, the, the press outlets, they all had their little pup tent set up and all their lights and all their cameras set up for like the entire block of the courthouse. And yeah. I mean, everybody's fiending at this thing. And I think, I forget who it was I was listening to early last week, but they were they were like, there's still one more person to like slated to like um, give their testimony in front of the grand jury for Wednesday. This is not good. There's no way this is going to happen on Tuesday. They're not even supposed to do this. It's like the no surprise. The corporate press got hint of blood in the water and swarmed around like a swarm of sharks, you know, and then nobody thinking logically about any of this stuff and they just ended up screwing themselves over they're terrible it's been pretty fascinating to watch to be honest it's how terrible can it go supreme court has political leaks i'm not surprised at all yeah yeah, yeah. because you know even our supreme court i mean we still don't know who leaked those uh that dobbs decision just can't figure it out mm -mm. it's just we couldn't we couldn't possibly figure out who did it no no, we can't do that. We could track down all the Jan Sixers from all the way across the country for the last two years, but we can't figure out who leaked one document in a, out of a small group of people whose all movements are tracked and controlled in the Supreme Court. Can't figure that one out. No, which definitely means that it's going to happen again at some point in time. Yep. Everything's compromised, bro. Yeah. It's funny how, like, little leaks... Well, the the whole concept of leaking is is really just determined on who's kind of at the head of the government at the time, you know, because if there's massive opposition against this person within like the deep state, you're going to get leaks galore. But if the other but the person is in power is kind of like an establishment person, it's going to be a pretty leak proof uh, administration. Right. It's, it's right. Because like how that happens. There's not a ton of leaks going on right now. No. You know? No. There's more correcting of what well, statements from, from the president than there are leaks that are coming out, you know? Yeah. But what the president Trump, he didn't I mean, mean that. Almost, he didn't mean that. 
That's right. Yeah, but during Donald Trump, that administration it was almost daily. Oh, you know, constant man. Sources sources with knowledge of the of the situation have you know said that this and this and you know, he's a fascist and you know we're all gonna die because Donald Trump is the president now. Yep. I mean, it, it was almost daily with that type of stuff. Oh yeah, it was so many Lo leaks. Behold, all the leaks contradicted so each other half the time. It was like, bro, I don't even I... know which way to go on this. <laughs> It doesn't matter. They both have knowledge of the situation. So yeah, but yeah. At this point, I get the feeling that at least as far as this, um, the New York state one goes, like the, um, essentially this is like a. There's like two charges. One of them is like a um, campaign funds violation or whatever, and then campaign finance. Yeah, yeah, campaign finance violation, and then there's like a a small business misdemeanor of like incorrect bookkeeping or something like that. Um, right. I get the feeling now that this is essentially over. And I think Alvin Bragg's career is probably over too. It's not a, not a very good look. And he's pretty new there too, right? Yeah. That's from my understanding. Yeah. He's yeah. been pretty new. He's, he was like, like you said earlier, he's a George Soros funded prosecutor and all those guys are relatively new to the scene anyways. Right. So I have a feeling that, yeah, he, he's got so much um, shit on his face now at this point that there's there's no coming back from this. And, you know, I'm down with disbarring, too. I mean, you can't you can't do something this legally grotesque without having some kind of consequence. I mean, if the Bar Association had any kind of conscience at all they'd be trying to weed these people out because all they do is give attorneys bad names. <laughs> Not like they already don't, but. And there was, I don't know if you saw this too. I, I saw there was somebody that sent in a, a package with white powder to the DA's office. Yeah. Um, and that's not good. Putin says Russia will tactical. Oh, Jesus. That's that yeah. be fun. Yeah, that'll be fun. Just, just got that update. So that's nice. <sighs> I was wondering when that was going to come down the pike. We'll save that. We'll save that. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I don't know. Do you think it's pretty much over at this point, as far as this case goes? I didn't think he was getting arrested in the first place. Like yeah. you, you're telling me that he's the only one that said that, right? Yeah. So why the fuck would I think he's going to get arrested? <laughs> exactly. Never would. I tell we, people we first the government's trying to kill it. me. I'm still alive, right? So I don't know why anybody else would believe me anyway. I still believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It, it is what it is, man. I know. Yeah, I don't know why we're taking his word for it. <laughs> <laughs> that seems silly. <laughs> it does indeed. <laughs> okay. All right. Case closed on T Dog Millionaire. That's that's good. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about Ron DeSantis for just a second because yes. there was all that. Um, you were telling me about it on breaking points that they're like, Ooh. you know, if he gets uh, indicted in New York, then Ron DeSantis is going to have to uh, extradite him from oh, Florida to God. New York so that he can face his his criminal charges. And um, it's just it's silliness. You know, it's all so this stupid. shit about. Yeah, they ran with it real, real hard. Um, I mean, all the the whole beginning of the week. I mean, it was like. Trump's going to jail was like one of their multiple segments during the day. And the biggest one that I thought was absolutely ridiculous was the fact that they 
like you said, they they took this stance that because um, Ron DeSantis had had come out in some kind of speech and kind of was like, we're not going to get involved. We're not going to do, you know, I'm not going to get involved with anything as far as this case goes. And um, the conversation was had about whether the governor of Florida was going to allow Trump to be extradited if he was indicted in New York. Was he going to extradite um, Trump from Florida to New York? And everybody had their own little stances on this. And, you know, they thought like, I remember Tim, Tim Pool was like, no, DeSantis should be like standing out in front of Mar-a-Lago being like, you're not going to take him. You're going to take him over my dead body. First of all, that's not how any of this stuff works, by the way. All these states have agreements to extradite anybody from any state anywhere if they've committed a crime somewhere else. That's just the way it always that's it's there. That's a thing that would happen. But you don't think for a second, especially given Trump's legal past, that like he's probably not going to get extradited because he's probably not going to get charged because out right. of all the times for years and years and years even as president we heard about this that and the other thing what makes you think this is the one that he's he's going to get hemmed up for and he's actually going to get arrested for this are you crazy reporting right misreporting funds going through his business yeah this is, is this that, is going to take him is down that what we want? That's what we want to do. That's that's what we would like to do is start mm-hmm. to hem people up for low level white collar crime. Yeah. That's what we want to do with our time now. Ex presidents to say the least. And ex presidents, current um front runners of the of the opposition party. This is what we're gonna right. do. And we're gonna devote if, segments daily to the prospect that this is a real possibility that we need to do. And if the Biden administration did not come out with a statement against this, right? Regardless of whether they thought he was guilty, but for them to stand by and say nothing and watch one of his political opponents be jailed makes us no better than Russia. I recognize this is not a federal case, so it's not like Joe Biden can reach out to the Department of Justice and say, don't do this, like, don't make these charges. But he can definitely come out and say, I don't think this is a good idea that we're going to put someone in jail who used to be the president and also is running for president now. I don't think it's a very good look. And that would, whatever, he would never do that. You know, he would absolutely never do that. But that's the only principled stance to take on this, and that's the only legit thing to do, would be like, this is not a good idea. But he would never do that. No. And then it makes us effectively no better than Russia, that we have a president who will stand by and watch his political opponents be jailed, as opposed to try and compete against them fairly in the competition of democracy that supposedly we are all supposed to believe in and think like actually matters or does something. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, how do you think this compares to the Mar-a-Lago raid? Um, Because that definitely did involve the DOJ, specifically Merrick Garland. Um, Yeah. How do you think this compares to, you know, Trump possibly getting hemmed up for another bullshit kind of charge? We were talking about documents that may or may not have been specifically agreed to be handed over or to be secured in a location. And then he, his compound is raided by the FBI. I I had a, there was talk then of Trump being arrested and obviously that never happened. And now we're talking about arresting him for some, putting some numbers in the wrong column. 
a lesser crime. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't see it. You know, I don't <laughs> see it. And yeah, I, I, that's why I start to lean towards the, the distraction thing. You know, there is a lot of other bigger things going on. But because Donald Trump has historically been a winner for corporate media, um, they are, <clears throat> excuse me, I think, willing to try and go back to the well and see if they can keep tapping it for more stories that will capture people's attention. And it worked you mm-hmm. know, all week. That's what they talked about. And people were consumed with it. They were willing to forget all the things that was happening before. I gave you the quote. I read you the quote from Washington Post the week before. That's like, oh, G is visiting Russia and the two leaders are trying to create a new world. They legitimately said they're trying to craft a new world order where they don't have to listen to NATO. That's like, right. Where they NATO said it. Doesn't they get said it. And in a matter of 24 hours, that they go from that, from new world order, to Donald Trump is going to be arrested at any time, and it's going to be wild. They <laughs> talked about it all fucking week. You go from new a new world order. You said the words new world order. That's not like <laughs> that's a small thing. You're talking about a complete restructure of the way that the global economy and relationships work. Mm-hmm. And you turn from that to T-Dog Millionaire is going to be arrested in a matter of 48 hours. Yep. That is some of the wildest shit I have ever heard. <laughs> and I, so I can't, I can't chalk it up to anything other than a distraction because mm-hmm. I don't, if I was convinced that someone was trying to craft a new world order that was going to destroy my way of life, I wouldn't stop talking about it. I wouldn't talk about it a lot. And that's why we do this show and say a lot of the same shit every other week is because we don't fucking stop talking about it. We don't turn from this to like, uh, oh, damn, did you see that? Uh, I don't know. It's it's so ridiculous. The whole thing is so ridiculous. Yeah. So it, this it, is why we have a grab bag segment for other stuff. Precisely. <laughs> precisely. Um, one of the. Uh... Says, this is a great way to guarantee Trump reelection. And I, that I agree with. Yep. You know, especially if they're going to try and pursue this. He will run from jail. He will absolutely run from jail if that's how you want to try and play this and actually put him in a cage. He will run from jail and he will do it successfully. And you will feel extra stupid when he does. (laughs) Because then he'll really win. Um, Yes. So, yeah, what could we possibly be distracting from, especially on the, uh, the national level? How about total economic collapse? Um, This is a lovely chart. Um, from a, a, a fantastic account called DC Drano on Twitter. Um, but this is from the FDIC. And this just is, needs to indicate to everybody how terrible the economic situation is right now. What we have here is held to maturity securities and available for sale securities. So these are monies that banks are investing in. Um, they're buying bonds, they're buying things like that that have, you know, small percentage of interest rates and that will carry over two years, five years, ten years um, compared to the liquidity they have in case there's, say, like a bank run. And you'll notice yeah. from 2008, after the uh, initial crash, right, um, they were underwater for a while, but also they essentially had the liquidity to withstand runs on banks. And then you could see it kind of go up and down for a little while. But as time goes on, the blue would be the, the amount of money that they have out that they can't liquidate right now. That's unsecured securities, essentially. They're held to maturity. They, they've bought, say, for example, they bought a bond at 
3% interest, right? That's During normal times, that's fine. Interest rates have historically been very, very low. And then all of a sudden, COVID hits and the Fed starts raising interest rates. And then one day, interest rates go more than 3%, which means all that money you invested is just losing money at this point. It's right. you, You're selling it at a loss at this point. Well, as we can look, things um, in 2019 really started to get a little haywire. And they had a bunch of money in, held in there, but most of it started to go into um, held to maturity. And then at the end of 2021, when the Fed started to raise interest rates, all of that plummeted. And almost overnight, over the last year or so, all of this has turned upside down. So now we have um, banks essentially not having the liquidity they need to withstand a run on banks. Hence what we've seen starting with um, Silicon Valley Bank, then, um, you know, the First Republic. Yeah, Credit Suisse, First Republic Bank. And now it looks like Deutsche Bank is going to be in trouble as well, uh, which is one of the largest banks in the entire world. It's it's one of the largest, I think, the largest bank in Europe. Um, So this is this might be something that they're trying to distract from. Um, Some might call it total economic collapse. And Uh, this roots back to a concept called fractional reserve banking. banking. Yes. Right? And this is just for for anybody who's like, how could this possibly fucking happen, right? Because in the case of Silicon Valley Bank, just as you said, right, they actually had, I guess, what is considered a pretty conservative portfolio. Like most of their money... Uh, most of uh, the depositors' money was invested in government-backed securities that uh-huh. are never going to really go anywhere. So they'll always be there, and they'll generally be pretty good. But like you said, when the Fed started raising interest rates and it all went to shit, they had not enough money, and someone found out about it and got scared and pulled all their money out, and then told their friends who also had money there. Excuse me, and and then began the run on that bank. And when they weren't able to provide people with their meet people withdrawals the bank fell in someone else had to buy it fdic get involved people are freaking out because he has because because the fdic only secures insurers up to 250 grand and silicon valley bank was like the bank in silicon valley so most of the people who had money there had way more than 250 grand yeah uh, these are like there. the tech bros all go yeah. through that bank so they were standing to lose an awful lot of goddamn money and uh the in my view, right? Big government stepped in and did what they do because they were the only ones to blame, and there was no actual real solution to fix this problem. Mm-hmm. So instead, they had the Federal Reserve or the FDIC create a new branch where these banks and the depo- and the withdrawers, the depositors, could go and try and withdraw their money, and they were willing to provide people the value of security that no longer existed. So they were meeting previous value and just giving away free money while the president walked around and said, but it's not going to cost the taxpayers any money at all. Okay, so where does the money from the FDIC come from? It comes from the federal government. It gets tapped out to them every year, right? It comes from the Federal Reserve, like, oh, private institute. It all, it's made up. All of this comes from your tax dollars. It yes. absolutely does come at a cost to you. Just the same way that all the spending in Ukraine has comes at a cost to you, it all comes from your tax dollars. So all of that was a lie. 
And <laughs> now, like I said, because there is no real solution, they just handed out money and they asked other larger banks to buy smaller banks, which just makes those banks even bigger. All they did was continue to consolidate corporate power through money with the aid of big government. They, yes. they, they double fucked you and said, you're welcome, though, because now you can have cash, which we're making, uh, you know, uh, increasingly valueless as the days go exactly. on. Exactly. And the, the reason they're, they're standing on their laurels and saying this isn't a bailout like it was back in 2008 is because it's not, a, right. <laughs> it's not directly financed by the federal government. This is essentially we get taxed in inflation for this and the devaluing yeah. of our currency just as much. It may not be a direct tax on us, although we will talk about some more direct taxes coming our way here in just a minute. But um, I retweeted a video today um, from Liam McClume. Um, okay. But it's a video of Hans Hermann Hoppe, who is a... He's a big thinker in the libertarian spheres like that. Yep. And it's like a six and a half minute video where he kind of breaks down fractional reserve banking to like the nth degree. And I highly recommend everybody go yes. see that. It's, yes. it's fantastic. So that's where I started um, was fractional reserve banking, right? The very basics of that is just that the bank is not required to have all of the money that people deposit. Yes. So if you put $1,000 in there, they're going to loan out probably half that money to other people to do other shit. Either that or they're also going to invest it in the market to try and just make it grow to continue to make money off of it. Yep. And so that works when people keep their money in the bank and they only spend portions of it and they just keep depositing money in there. That's the only way that that works. Or if you keep taking out lines of credit so you owe them money and have to keep paying them anyway. That's yep. like how they just continue – cycle yeah because That's when all... a bank loans out money um whether right. it's for a house for a car loan for anything they're that's why they charge interest to that. And so if you if you get a loan for a hundred dollars, you're actually having to pay like a hundred and thirty back. And that's how the bank makes money. Which yes. once you enter into that system, money literally becomes infinite. And it's just a matter of how much loans are going out and how much interest is collected on how much that monetary system grows. Somebody's got a somebody's got a family issue from the sounds of it. Look at that uh, med kit set up over there. That is healthy. Dog. Oh the oh the dog. Yeah. The dog. Um <laughs> let's see here. Uh I'm right here. Bill I had to get a rope for the farm today and spent thirty five dollars for fifty feet. That's a that's a lot of money for fifty foot of rope, buddy. Oh, you're looking at all my medical stuff. Yeah. I'm reading, I'm fine. I reading chats right now. Um, how does this chart look next to the M1 money stock chart? They should have plenty of cash on hand, right? Um, yeah, the M1 money stock, the money stock. I know we've looked at that before, but it's... Forget how much more money is out there now than there used to be, but we... During COVID... More money was printed by printed by the Federal Reserve than had ever existed in the history of humanity. P period. Gotta love stimulus checks. Gotta love your stimmies, bro. Which, <laughs> yeah, because that all that money came to us, right? Right. Most Do you remember that, when Crystal Ball said that hasn't happened? It's not affecting the economy. All that money burnt off. It all just burnt off, bro. Do you remember when she said that? It yeah. burnt off. She it, really said that. 
Well, she's really intelligent, bro. Don't you know? Yeah. Joe Rogan listens to her about things and stuff. She's terrible. So <laughs> all that money burnt off. It burnt off from inflation. It doesn't matter anymore because we spent off. it. It burnt off. God damn. That's so stupid. That's such a dumb thing to say. The economy is hot, so the money just burnt off. Burns right up, right? Baby. That's, you know, it's not cash, so you just, I don't. How do you even say that? Oh, my gosh. She feels good when she's done. Yes. Yeah, she does. Um, I'm smart. Giving people money doesn't change anything. Not even like, a little bit. Yep. Just put nope. all the money. It doesn't have any effect. Right. That's why you just keep doing it, right? Because it wouldn't change anything at all. Just yeah. keep doing it. Just keep doing it. And I still have the same question. If, if we have the ability to just print money, which we do, and we have proven we do over the last multiple decades at this point, but especially over the last few years, um, when, again, we printed more money than has ever existed in humankind, ever, all at once. Um, why is it that we pay taxes? The roads, Colin. Gonna <laughs> the, build roads. the roads. The roads. Yeah. I forgot about Who's the gonna roads. going to build the roads. We got to have the money to build the roads. And uh, for the olds, you know, for Social Security and, and the stuff. Yeah. And we want uh, more money in Medicare. Yeah. Uh, well, that's good. And um, so you can be safe. That's the other thing. That's so we yes. Can keep you safe. So we can we can be safe. Um, yeah, foreign well, and domestic safety. <laughs> foreign and domestic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, they here's, just start saying buzzwords. They're like, uh, you have know, fun at the baby it's like the episode of, of like the episode of Family Guy where Lois is running for mayor or whatever, and she just says nine. 11. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just say 9 11 over and over again. People love it. 9 11. Right. Yeah. yeah. It says 9. People are like, wait, what? 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 11. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a throwback, too. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, well, here's, here's one for you. You'll like this. Um, make sure the audio plays. Um, to find out what else financially is, how good our economy really is doing and something they're distracting from. Um, isn't okay. it a fact that the president's proposed budget proposes $4.7 trillion in new taxes? Can you hear that? Yeah. Okay. $4.7 trillion. It does, it does propose significant additional taxes, yes. $4.7 trillion? Something like that, yes. Okay. Just $4.7 trillion in new taxes. Yeah, and it, that is just the president's budget, but it, it, it gives you an idea of where their mind is at exactly. and where he's willing to try and push people, you know? Yep. Yeah, that's healthy. You guarantee it won't be anybody who makes less than four hundred grand, though. Of course only, not. Yeah, only for those rich motherfuckers out there. Um, let's see here. I got this article here from the AP. Let me share this again. Come on, Discord. Don't be lagging on me. It's funny. The Discord right now. Actually, no, the Discord's fine. But like, I'm watching the YouTube stream on my phone. And then I look at the, uh, the live stream info. And it's like 10 minutes behind now. 
it just keeps lagging oh, really? further further behind. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, okay, let's see here. Um, let me pull this back up so I can actually read it. It says, bank failures and, and rescue test Yellen's decades of experience because she is the OG. Um, working against the clock to stop a developing bank crisis, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen had until Sunday or sunset on um, Sunday, March 12th. This article was actually from today, by the way, um, to come up with a plan to calm the U.S. economy. She quickly turned to someone who had uh, been through the fire before, Hank Paulson, uh, who ran the Treasury Department during the financial crisis in 2008, um, concealed uh, counseled immediate government action. It's really hard to stop or even slow down a bank run. And to do that requires a powerful and quick government response. I'd say we've seen a lot of uh, quick and powerful government responses, except powerful. they've been doing it via the Fed. Right. By, like you said before, creating this alternative system that only indirectly screws everybody instead of directly screws everybody. So a bank run on Silicon Valley Bank had begun earlier in the week. Regulators took it over um, by that Friday afternoon. The move panicked shareholders and depositors, striking or stirring stark reminders of earlier failures that triggered the Great Recession. Now, pause button, because there's a lot of comparison now between what's happening now and what happened in 2008. Yes. There is a major, major difference today than or what's happening today than what happened in 2008 in 2008 um most of the issues with the banks were because a majority of their whatever you call them like their um their the financing they had behind the scenes to backstop the depositors was in mortgage-backed securities right right and this was the culmination of a ton of bad democratic policy that allowed tons of people to buy homes that couldn't afford them and so mortgage-backed securities were defaulting at record levels people were losing houses left and right which means all those mortgage-backed securities were dropping through the floor and all of their investments were going out the window so all those banks essentially ran out of money that way <clears throat> in this situation it's all and they were betting against themselves at the same time. Yes, like the They're whole thing was all fucked up and underwriting all the packaging, all of these good loans with shit loans. And so when all the shit loans go bad, then the good ones are not worth anything either. Yes, and today there is a decent amount of mortgage-backed securities involved in banking and stuff like that, but they're also offset with government bonds. But the, primarily. It's government bonds these days and not mortgage-backed securities. And so when the Fed starts to raise the interest rates, all those bonds lose value literally every month, every two months, every three months, whenever the Fed raises rates again. We just had another Fed. Uh, they raised rates another 25 per, or 0.25% or 25 basis points, right. whatever you call them. Just this week, yeah. Yeah, so this is – it's continuing to get worse. Um but these are not things that they're not reliant on on homeowners at this point. They're not reliant on people paying their bills. No, this is essentially uh, kind of a backing of how good the economy is overall and generally how 
how strong the currency is in foreign markets and you know how how strong is the dollar and right. at this point i think the the dollar is about as weak as it's ever been at this point realistically looking like shit and we'll get into some more of the reasons why i think in part three because there's some foreign reasons why that is the case as well um but this is a bigger problem because this is not something that you can backstop by like making sure homeowners are saved at this point you can't you can bail out all the homeowners from their mortgages and then essentially save market backed securities but you can't save government bonds because inflation is still what it is at this point you can't interest rates are still what they are Jerome right. Powell's not lowering interest rates to which would add fuel to the inflation fire and then have government bonds kind of backstop to save the banks right. it's a very very different problem they have right now um but perhaps no treasury security has come to the office from yellen's ample resume including service of the chair uh federal reserve and a lifetime of student economics and finance the experience was put to the severe test as she worked to assume multiple constituents including financial markets um bulky Republicans in Congress and President Joe Biden's White House economic team. Um, so really, this is just a puff piece about Janet Yellen's background. But it's that point right there where they talk about um, where she kind of cut her teeth with the Great Recession. Um, and the market difference today is that the issue that we had back in 2008 is it's com it's completely different than what we're going through today. And why it's probably way more dangerous today than it was back then. And if if you were in charge of the U.S. government, and I mean, we've talked about um, what makes the dollar valuable, right? It's that people, what, what makes any currency valuable? It's that people have trust in the system, that you go out there if and you, you believe in it. That's right. Yeah. If you believe that you can go to like the store... And buy groceries with these greenbacks or the ones and zeros on your debit card or your credit card, then everything's fine. But when you can't, you can't. You yeah. know what I mean? And so as this whole thing deteriorates, I don't see a way out of this. And, when you're and, Bilbo and you have to go and give someone 35 doll hairs for 50 feet of rope... You're like, I'm sorry. Our economy is what again? Yeah, we're doing great, bro. Everything's, everything's, right. we're getting a strong economy. But I mean, if I was in the government, like I said before, um, and I remember the point I was going to make, um, and there was a severe issue that was affecting the banks like this, not just nationwide, but essentially globally, the last thing I would want to do is make sure everybody knew that there was a huge fucking problem and I would right. distract fully. I would make sure everybody in my administration, all the corporate press shills that just wait on us, you know, left and right. They we're not talking about that. We're going to talk about Trump possibly getting arrested because if everybody knows that we're all fucked, we're all fucked right now because everybody goes and pulls their money out and the entire system collapses overnight. And it only takes a few. That's why they jumped on this thing so quick when they first did when Silicon Valley Bank went down. 
And then you can't argue that you're anti-monopoly when you're asking the largest banks to buy all of the small banks. That's you right. Know? Well, they I mean, can't. They can't be anti-corporate while they're, they're too incentivizing big to the immense corporatization of the banking system. Yes. So, yeah. If there was a way to, if there was a reason to distract, that'd be one of them. Yeah. So that's that's you know, it's a small thing to worry about. I think. Not you know we got the new world order courtesy of the Washington Post. Obviously, we didn't That's say that right. because, you know, a couple of years ago, you couldn't even say that on Twitter without getting banned. But uh, but now the Washington Post says it. It's fine. Yeah, it used to be a conspiracy theory, remember? Right. And only Alex Jones said shit like that. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I got. That's what I got as far as the financial system goes. It's all fucked. It's all fucked. Yeah. Let's see. How are we doing here? How are we doing on time skis? My, uh, I, think we're, I think we can oh, yeah. head into uh, part three if you're ready. I don't know if there's anything else you want to get into part two. No, I think I think we good. Right. So then with that, I think we'll take our second um, break here. And, of course, I want to thank everybody again for joining us, for watching us here at Salt of the Streets, episode 144. Make sure that you like, subscribe, comment like you've been doing, share with all your friends, subscribe to the Patreon. Go there, $5, get to the newsletter. We have other tiers as well, uh, you know, movies and things like that. We have our own personal social media. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. And Colin is at Big Bird Offie on both of those things. Where? You can find all this at saltofthestreets.com. Our sponsor for this segment is going to be jp bakery let's see this little video that colin has going on here run the ad there you go and we'll be able to see what the jam is yep okay there you go yeah all the different stuff she does some fondant work the 90s cake those cookie dough hearts Cookies. Yep, the second cake for fire. The dinosaur is lit. Yeah. Yeah, the dinosaur cake. Yes. Yeah, the argyle is like a. It was for a wedding. Um, you know, it's like a bohemian style, whatever, you know, super, super classy and trendy. Yeah, it was good. They're all, yeah, all done by hand too. All individual, very cool, very cool stuff. Oh, yeah. And then of course the uh, English muffins and stuff like that that she does, she ships those. So it's fantastic, it's great. <laughs> Go there, subscribe to her stuff, let her know if you want some items. And with that, we'll be back in a few minutes Boom. for part three. Woo-hoo. We're back. And we are back. Part three slash four. Salt and Truth episode 144. Pause button. Pause button. One more time. Now we're back. You have audio. Thank you for joining us. My name is Donovan. Salt I'm Colin. Street. Right here is Colin. You've been joining us for episode 144. This is part three slash four slash whatever we want to do because this is our goddamn show. It's a play cast special. 
That is right. Of course, like, subscribe, share this with your friends, comment, go there, subscribe to the Patreon. $5 gives you the newsletter that we put out every month. Beautiful. And if you inspire me in the comments, I will write about you. As proven by Joseph. That's right. So, um, we have two sponsors, so we're going to hit one of them at the beginning uh, this week, uh, and then we'll hit the other one at the end. So, we're going to go with Swell Blended for the beginning of this segment. And... He's great. He's helping me craft this haircut. I've scheduled two haircuts and canceled them both times because I just can't bring myself to quite chop the mop. And I actually think I'm going to look into some goddamn hair modeling. See if I can't make some money off of this hair. Yes, please. So it's going to be great. So if you need a hair model, um, these are the socials. Yes, that's right. You can, you can find me any of those places and I will model hair for you. <laughs> with that we're gonna have like one serious topic we're gonna talk about some ukraine updates some china russia stuff and then colin is going to do as he does and guide me through the grab bag it is one of my favorite segments it's that epic. we do um because i i'm always surprised i never know he keeps it all secret you know so i never know what we're going to talk about. yes it's great i have i have accidentally given away grab bag segments before and then immediately pulled them from the show after i shared them from you <laughs> because i was like we can't do this now it's yeah. the surprise is half of the fun yeah although this this episode is going to be slightly tamer than normal because i've been dying over the last few days yeah but that's fine yeah as you guys know we missed the last episode because colin was sick uh <clears throat> and then he was back at work and we're chilling and we're doing all the stuff yep. and then played soccer Thursdays, right yeah even played soccer yeah and then thursday fucking just down hard all over again. So yeah, I got up to another hundred and two point four fever. Oh goddamn! Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna be uh, hanging out with my doctor next week, and we're gonna be trying to figure out what the what's going on here. Did I just get Jordan. unlucky enough to get like a double fist of like this new? Because this one was different than the last one. The last one was like a there was like some throat virus going around, and I had it all up in my throat, and it was just terrible. And that came with fever and fun. And then this time it was just it's just it was fever and say GI issues. We'll put it that way. Well, Yasko's pretty sure that you have COVID. She said that to me on Thursday, I think. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, she dropped something in your table, and. She's like, is he here today? And I was like, no, he's not going to be here today. And she's like, I think he has COVID. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know about that. You know, she was like, it's been it's been twelve days that he's had this cough. It's been it's for three weeks. Three weeks, she says that he's had yeah. this cough. And I said, I don't, I don't know, Yasko. I don't know that he has COVID. Do you want to? Like, I'm just saying. Do you want to know something? I did do a test, and I was negative. Yeah. So. Yeah, she doesn't have any idea. But for a minute, I thought I gave myself food poisoning. I've never had food poisoning before, and for a minute, I thought I did, um, just because, like, I I had cooked something the night before, and you know, I didn't think about it, but I went to bed kind of feeling like crap, anyways. And then that night, I like woke up in the middle of the night, and that's when all the shit really started. And then just days of that, days of that. It's just not fun. If if you've ever had food poisoning, let us know in the comments mm-hmm. and then tell us what the food was. I got food poisoning from Papa John's one time. <gasps> and I, I haven't had Papa John's since then. You hold your and mouth. Hold, I hold really am. It just, it is what it is. You yeah. know, it happens. Uh, but yeah, Jordan and I both, it was the two of us. 
destroyed us. It was horrific. That's rough. But yeah, yeah. I, I was. I didn't eat for over an entire day, and then I had some oatmeal yesterday, and then had some. I was really desperate for something, so I had like some instant ramen, and that was that like hot broth was so so good. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah. But everything has been swimmingly since I slept for more than three hours last night, which was that was a perk. So I think we're on the end. But yeah, we could tell Yasko no, no to the Rona. Shut up, Yasko. That's right. You don't know. You don't know. People can get sick, bro. It's that thing that happens apparently. Right. We all forgot I see that all during these people, COVID. They get sick and then they're posting and they're like, well, it's not COVID. Like, well, you know, you got sick before fucking 2020, right? Yeah. Like, you still got sick sometimes, and it wasn't coronavirus. I do it was remember just fucking being sick. Yeah, I do remember um, that we eradicated the flu for an entire year, which was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I don't know what happened yes. to that, but uh, did but you I see that was the fantastic. video of Fauci walking around? Oh, like, yes, and he's talking to that guy, and he even says he's like, "Well, virtually no one got it this year." How can you say that and not, as a scientist, and not think there's anything weird with that? That there's a new virus and then just no one gets the fucking flu? Yeah. What do you mean? That, that doesn't, doesn't even make any sense. No. Yeah, that those clips were almost in the grab bag today, but uh, I'm glad they're not. Because was, it was, was a close stupid. call. That was those that videos. Said, Fear. <laughs> Fear is the real virus. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Fear. Awesome. <coughs> oh, so yeah, let's talk about the end of the world, shall we? Yeah. Or so perhaps there's a new world order. The, that's right, new world order. Um, there's all kinds of shit going on in Ukraine, right? So let's go over some things that we can remember. Um, Russia's working on their new mobilization, Ukraine as well. Yep. And now there's actually stories coming out where they're saying, you know, Ukraine is having trouble finding people for its new mobilization. Really? Which is going to be justification for these videos that we're seeing of people being literally stolen off of the street so they can be brought to the front lines to fight. Um, it's the same type of stuff is happening in Russia because those people don't actually want to be fighting in this war. This is just two different governments that are fought. Well, two different government structures that are fighting. Yeah. World orders, I guess you could say, because it's just Perhaps. okay to say that type of thing now. It's just two different world orders that are competing for how the things should be done across the globe. Um, uh, like let's see, we had that. fighter jets from Slovakia and That's from right. Poland that yep. are going to be going to Ukraine. Yeah, I think a total of like uh, 13. Yeah, um, Xi Jinping visited Russia, yes. uh, supposedly to try and advocate for peace. Uh, the prime minister of Japan visited Ukraine and committed a bunch of a little bit of military assistance and then a bunch of energy security uh, money. So, uh, yeah, oh, also one. there was a new report that came out about um, what is it, the Nord Stream, right? Yes, that we're saying now it was just a total third party that did it. Yeah, right? it was a pro-Ukrainian, pro-Ukrainian third right. party. They definitely did that. Yeah. Just a random pro-Ukrainian group that doesn't have anything to do with the United States government or the Ukrainian government um, or any government at all. It's just people who got onto a yacht and they went and they had the equipment and the means and the security know-how to uh, covertly go to a portion of the Nord Stream pipeline that was just, sir, just 
just happened to be so located in a particular spot that it wasn't in anyone's real, uh, you know, national waters. And they went down and they exploded it. Definitely. And no one knew about it before or after. It definitely seems still like the most logical conclusion. Yeah. And we still can't find out who it was. Yeah. We just know they had, they definitely loved Ukraine. And this is also the first time that um, award-winning journalist Seymour Hirsch definitely lied about uh, a government corruption scandal that yep. he reported on. First time. First time. Yeah. You know. They really think you're this dumb. They yeah. really do think you're this dumb, and that's why they say shit like this. Is because they're just willing to accept it. They really do think that you're this stupid, and you owe it to yourself to tell them to go fuck themselves. Yes. It's the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. Yeah, I, I think when you you take the most logical route, they're not lying when they say a pro-Ukrainian third party exploded the Nord Stream pipeline. Because the United third. States is a pro-Ukrainian third party to this war, are they not? Yeah. Uh, imagine that. We can uh, we can lie without lying completely. We just omit the truth. Because if we were at, do you th okay? Let's let's say this. Let's just for funsies. Um, we go to full-on World War Three, and you know one thing leads to another. Do you think we're ever going to admit that we did it? No, it will be something that comes out in documents. Like decades. Gulf of Tonkin thing. The same deal as yeah, same deal as Gulf of Tonkin, precisely. That we'll never ever say that we did that. And even now, if you press the government on it, they would never admit to Gulf of Tonkin. No, their own documents say they did it. They're that's like, true. That's that's a an inaccurate depiction of what those documents reveal. Yeah, is what they would say. And what so, was the what was the main government that was involved in the uh, in the, like the investigation? Was it the Norwegian, uh, I don't remember which one it was. They were like taking the lead on it and they were like, it's all classified documents. They're not sharing it with anybody. Um, oh, for Nord Stream? Yeah. Do you remember what? Yeah, I think it was, was. I think it was Norway. So like, what's the capital of Norway? Um, Oslo? We'll say Oslo. Yeah, it'll be the Oslo. It'll be the Oslo files when they come out or the Oslo papers, yeah. like the Panama papers. It'll be the Oslo papers. That's when Hopefully we'll that out. city is actually in Norway. I hope so. I fucking don't know at all. <laughs> Damn it, now I want to look it up. I got to go to capital of... Yeah. Capital of Denmark. Of Norway. Of Norway. Norway. Capital of Norway <laughs> is Oslo. You did it, buddy. Good job. So wow, yeah. In about twenty-five to thirty years, well, it's two x twenty-five, right? So fifty years from right. now, we'll get <laughs> we'll get the Oslo papers <laughs> going out. Yeah, in my fucking late seventies, maybe I'll finally find out who bombed Nord Stream for sure. And like I could die happy now. Thank you. Yeah. Although by the time you're seventy, we're not dying until we're like buck forty, so it's fine. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. We'll just be in like season four of Salt the Streets at that point. We'll be banging, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's directly involving Ukraine. That's mostly the updates. It's continued escalation um, with military equipment, military aid. Um, the EU sending over another package of financial aid. I think a whole ten billion dollars. Woo! Well, yeah, good for them. Um, and then we're st uh, the production facility that manufacture uh, that's manufacturing the Abrams tanks. 
Um, yes. I guess they have decided to more or less see about refurbishing some existing ones because that would be to the battlefield much quicker. Um, so they're going to try Rather to refurbish than some. making new ones? Yeah, instead of um, kind of fab up some brand new ones because, I mean, we got to have some Abrams sitting over in Germany somewhere that are ready to pull off the line and just go. I don't, right. I don't know why. If If they're so dead set on, you know, winning this war, which I'm not convinced they are, um, they're into prolonging it, then why would they not get this much needed equipment to the front lines as quick as possible? Yeah, there's way more money in fighting the war than there is in winning it. That's right, especially if it's not our war. Nice. Imagine that. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see because obviously there's the whole, you know, uh, spring fighting season or whatever they call it is is on the way. So a new front or a new push or whatever it is the new build-ups will be done on both sides and we'll see what happens after this um i don't know what we're fighting for anymore over there it's all just a bunch of bombed out destroyed cities at this point but hey that's fun freedom and democracy you know that's right i mean ukraine is nothing if not a bastion of freedom and democracy right thousand percent thousand percent where they're ripping people off the streets to go die on the front lines. That's right. How dare you try to leave your country? There's a war on, don't you know? The continually moving and adjusting front lines. In, yes. To regions that, uh, for regions that probably don't even want to be a part of Ukraine. But we don't talk about that. That's all just propaganda. They, they don't know they don't want to be a part of Russia. They just, yeah. they just don't know. Um, but yeah, that's the major issues with ukraine but i think even just outside of that is the meeting between xi and putin and the fallout thereof um because that if that's really about ukraine all this stuff is about ukraine or it, ukraine is being used at least for a catalyst for it um so this past week let me pull this up screen share xi and well Vladimir. no the left, just like um, just like Washington Post, is claiming that Xi going to visit Putin is like signaling support over what's happening in Ukraine. And I don't necessarily know that that's the case. I don't think that China really benefits from involving itself in active warfare with NATO. You know? Yeah. Um, well, if you take a page out of uh, John Kirby's book... Um, essentially, China being involved in any level, diplomatically or otherwise, is basically just bolstering Russia at this point, and the they're pulling influence away from the United States because um, China just brokered some kind of um, relative peace deal between Iran and Saudi Arabia, and that was a right. huge deal, and we got really offended by that because China shouldn't be sticking their nose where it don't belong. That's our territory. So that's, that's what they were talking about breaking points, like the political global political capital that China is gaining. And, you know, everyone is going to love them and they're going to stop caring about all the horrible stuff that they're doing and all the whatever. And I don't I don't know if you if you. If party A hates party B and party B. Gains political capital, but is still 
you know, torturing their own people and putting them in fucking concentration camps. You're you're kind of a piece of shit if you just forget everything that they're doing because they've gained political capital. Like it doesn't it doesn't really show that you're a very developed nation or have very strong morals or or anything like that. So I don't understand that argument that all of a sudden people that we're arguing are are very westernized and very civilized and very everything is going to completely forget all of the horrible humanitarian violations that are happening in China because they brokered peace between two desert nations. I just, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, well, I think a, the biggest issue that we have with it as, as the United States anyways, um, is just the fact that somebody else is essentially doing the job that we used to do being like the world's peacekeepers and the world's diplomats. And we're the ones that are supposed to be there making peace treaties and all this. And this just gives China more power on the global stage, which is something that we don't really want. So it's bad. China's bad. We can't be allowing them to do that. Besides, we all know they don't have concentration camps in China, Donovan. They have re-education camps. Oh, right. Where, where right. people get re-educated about the values of the CCP and their their organ donations are just there for the party to the, give back to the greater good. It's not, you know, criminal in any way. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, man. Did we talk at all? I think I talked about it in the beer show a couple weeks ago about the uh, International Criminal Court um, putting a... The uh, a warrant out for Putin's arrest for war crimes. We spoke briefly about it. Okay. Do you have you any... and I off cast? Okay. Do you do we have any deep thoughts about this other than what I probably talked about on the the beer show? How it's completely and utterly irrelevant and nobody gives two shits about it. Yeah. No. It seems completely pointless. He definitely doesn't care. You know. No. And, and technically, we, neither do we. We definitely don't care. No, because we don't recognize the ICC either because. Otherwise, we'd be tried for war crimes. Right. What's the point of that? Yeah. George Bush directly said that after he decided not to be involved in the ICC. Um, President Clinton, when it first came about, President Clinton kind of signed on as like to its creation, but never as a member. Um, Yeah. And then we had a whole act called like the Protect Our Troops Act or something like that during the Bush administration that kept us out and... um, essentially gave the United States military the green light to interdict with military force if the ICC ever arrested any of the U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan or any of the other participating nations, (laughs) which I thought was great. So you're talking, wait, wait, this is a NATO country, right, that you just greenlit military action for because... You don't want our troops be hemmed up over there because of the war crimes that you ordered them to commit. Got it. Yeah, good stuff. Um, So, yeah, there's that. Um, So let's let's get back to China and stuff then. This is from uh, the Daily Mail uh, about uh, the meeting that uh, Xi and Putin had. Uh, Xi Jinping delivers a chilling message for the West as he tells, quote, Dear friend Vladimir Putin... Quote, change is coming that hasn't happened in a hundred years, and we are driving it. On day, Russia despot Putin asked UK, or said UK risks nuclear collision with its aid to Ukraine. Um, 
because the UK aid to Ukraine um, comes in the form of, oh, what's the right word? Fever brain is kicking in. Depleted uranium rounds. Oh. Which will now be on the battlefield in Ukraine. Which Vladimir Putin has already said is akin to nuclear war at that point. That's the way he sees it. Um, right. And so, so yeah. Let's That's see. what they say when we do it. Imagine when that. We, when we use depleted uranium rounds in the Middle East and they drop in villages, they say, you guys are irradiating innocent people. So, I don't, I, you know, it, you can't have it one way and not the other. Oh, but we can. We're the West. We could definitely right. have it our way or the we highway. We double think it. Because there's we been nobody there to challenge us until now. Um, so, let's see. Uh, China's president is usually being told a grinning Vladimir Putin change is coming in an ominous parting message as he departed Moscow last uh, last night following the talks with his Russian counterpart. Change is coming that hasn't happened in 100 years, and we are driving this change together, Xi told Putin via his interpreter. Words sure to set alarm bells rise in the West. Please take care, dear friend, he added, gripping the Kremlin's leader hand warmly before being waved off by President by Russia's despot, who bid Xi a safe journey. After the two leaders hailed a new era, Xi, Xi's plane left Moscow, some airport, on uh, Wednesday. He was uh, seen off by Guard of Honor, who played the Russian and Chinese national anthems, Russia's RIA Novosti. Uh, news agency said in February 2022, the pair announced they had forged a no limits friendship and Putin invited Xi to visit Russia's capital. They have since publicly talked of strengthening their special relationship with Moscow and Beijing before rejecting uh, what they say are U.S. attempts to create a unipolar world controlled by Washington. Um, so here's just a couple of photos there from. Um, their departing meeting. Everybody's very friendly. I always forget too, like how small Vladimir Putin is, because Xi looks like a beast compared to this old man. And he's not a big guy, right? And I don't think so, man. But I mean, he is a. I mean, he looks pretty big compared. I'm mean, just look at the little guy, man. He's tiny. Right. Um. So yeah, that's. That just kind of talks about their enduring friendship. Uh, where's the other thing I had? That's that. Um, some of the big takeaways here. This is from, uh, he's a big Twitter guy. He hosts a lot of spaces on mostly like uh, finance and stuff. But um, the documents that they signed um, kind of concluding their visits hit on a few key points. Um China is clearly Russia's top trade and economic partner. Trade and economic cooperation is a priority for our relationship. Russia is prepared to increase its oil and LNG supply to China. China is helping to build atomic stations in China. And the Ukraine-Russia peace plan was also discussed. And Putin said Russia and China strongly oppose uh, violating interests of other countries to gain our own advantage. Some of the things that were in that agreement that they signed. Um, one of the other things to come out of the meeting um, 
this was him talking. I'll just go ahead and read it because it's just in Russian. But um, already two-thirds of the trade turnover between our two countries is carried out in rubles and um, yuan, which is the Chinese currency. Uh, we are for the use of Chinese yuan in settlements between Russia and the countries of Asia, Africa, and Latin America. So this is saying that... Because there's so uh, much Chinese money flowing through Africa. Yes. Um, and this is just solidifying the fact that uh, they're going to be using more Chinese currency and Russian currency throughout most of their their spheres of influence throughout the world at this right. point, which means the U.S. petrodollar is uh, in trouble. Boom, boom. And I believe, yeah, the BRICS nations already um, are already doing massive deals in other currencies that are not the U.S. dollar. Um, and unfortunately... These aren't middling Middle Eastern countries that we can just overthrow like Libya when they decide to not want to be on the petrodollar anymore. Right. So we're kind of uh, in a tough spot with this one. So I mean, we talked about uh, the the 12-point peace plan, more or less, that China um, presented on the last beer show. I talked about it, went through the 12 points. And it's really just kind of like a, a standard ceasefire. John Kirby is 100% um, against it. He doesn't. Of course. Yeah, because it would, in his words, it would solidify the gains made by Russia at this point and just put Ukraine on the defensive and give Russia the upper hand in yet another offensive when mm. he would want to, even after the ceasefire. So... So we have essentially a teaming up of a solidified teaming up of Russia and China again at this point um, and the U.S. being totally against any peace talks that we're not directly uh, benefiting from. Seems like a pretty solid situation in my mind. Seen a lot of double think on this show today. Yeah. The same deal is, is arguing that we shouldn't be policing America and then turning down any peace agreement that we are not involved in. Yeah. If it doesn't it. benefit us. You don't have us. to love China, but if they're going to get innocent people to stop dying, is that not what the important part is? Yeah. Right? If we can stop any more structural damage, any more infrastructure damage, any more, like, if we can stop that, isn't that the point? Isn't that actually what we're looking for? Certainly should be. Um, but I think really what this does is just really paint a very clear picture that the United States is not suing for peace because we're not, we're not trying to have a ceasefire here. We're trying to ensure that our, our influence over Ukraine is solidified and that Russia is put in the place, put back in the corner where we want them to be. Right. And any, anything contrary to that is a it's a no-go. We're not going to be, we're not doing that because this isn't, we're not funding this war so that Ukraine can be free. We're funding this war to maintain our stance at the world's perceived hegemony in the world of power. 
Precisely. That's the only reason that we're into this thing. We don't care about Ukrainians more than we care about anybody else in the former Soviet Union. We would like to continue to be an integral piece of the structure of how the global economy works. Oh, yeah. We want to be the BDE in the world. And unfortunately, we just ain't it anymore. Yeah. And, you know. We ain't got the juice. We ain't got the juice. And I don't. You know, I have mixed emotions about that, obviously, for multiple, multiple reasons. But, you know, it's I, I think the, the nations of China and Russia are in a very different place than they were 20, 30, 40 years ago, obviously. Um, and I don't know if anybody's really hell bent on world domination the way they might have been back during the Soviet era um, or say like the. Maoist rebellion era. Um, I think very much so that China probably wants to get their piece of Taiwan back. And other than that, I think they're very happy just ha just essentially trying to control the world economically like they do now. Yeah. And I think Russia just wants their piece of the pie too. I don't think anybody's going to be trying to roll over Europe or Asia and make, you know, like the like the Nazis of old and create a, a third Reich. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't know. This is all just about power and influence. And I don't know if I necessarily have a problem with there being a multipolar world like that. Having multiple. No, 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 it doesn't. Based on the amount of damage that we have done around the globe when we were in the position of dominance, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't benefit the globe overall for there to be one power that is so much more, I don't just use the same words and over again, but one, one power that's so much more dominant over all the other ones. It's not beneficial. And, you know, that isn't to say that there aren't concerns with there being three big powers, but it doesn't mean that. I don't know. We're not resigned to fighting with with the two of the two of them for the rest of forever. Like this isn't 1984. As much as I've said that it is over this episode, it doesn't have to be totally where it is Oceania versus East Asia versus Eurasia versus forever. You yeah. know, that's not. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that they're going to continue to expand. And maybe it all depends on who the leader is at the time. But I just don't get the sense that they're trying to control larger and larger portions of the globe. The only one kind of exception I would make would, would be Russia that I can see where they would want to reclaim everything that was once Soviet territory. Um, but, you know, and I'm not defending that or, or degrading it or whatever, but that's really the only exception that I could think outside of like Taiwan, like you said. I don't mm. think that China is trying to reclaim uh, Japan or I don't know any of the other places that they own at any given time. I, that, that's just not how I see geopolitics at this point in time. You yeah. know, that's not the message I'm getting from those places. Yeah. Garrett says, uh, world war three is incoming is what that meant. Um, they bought our leader. So China should start slowing down their, uh, impressive production of coal power plants. What will Benedict, oh, slap in the face, I mean Biden, get from China after we fall from the top? <laughs> what 
they've already gotten what they want from us, man. And yeah, let's put it this way too. I mean, there is not a world that exists in the future where we do not send billions upon billions upon billions of dollars to China for manufacturing the cheap goods that we all love and enjoy today. China would be very happy with that. I, I could see that yeah. being the case. Um, That's a massive economic shift. Yeah. Just in the the function of our economy. Mm-hmm. To try and turn away from manufacturing there completely to another place. Oh, yeah. That's, that's pretty big. It would be massive. I mean, we'd have to take a massive cut back on our luxuries for a long time. Things would get very, yeah. very expensive. There would be a lot of things that go missing that we're used to seeing. Um, but inevitably, I mean, it would all catch up eventually. Yeah. Um, but I don't think the powers that be would allow it to get to that point. The minute that kind of world becomes a possibility, it's the day we go to war. And we're like, no, no, we're not going to allow that to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's no good. <coughs> All right. Um, any other remarks on China, Russia, good sir? No, this is sad. It is very sad. It's very sad. It's a sad thing to watch America fall from grace very, very quickly. Um, so this is... Let's let's get into some grab baggy stuff. Um, this is the video I was telling you about. Let me go screen share again. Joseph says, it is not just cheap goods coming from China. They make probably 90% of our needed infrastructure materials for sure. They, and that's, yeah. that's what I mean. Is that's why it's such a massive economic shift away from there. It's, just, it's the, the amount of stuff that we get from them. Uh, Mexico has become our number one trade partner yeah. because they make a ton of our cars and stuff like that. It's like a really good example. Um, but, but we, yeah, we still do get an immense amount of stuff from China, especially yeah. our green energy stuff, the, the blades for the, the turbines, um, you know, what, what are the, the, the windmills, um, and the solar panels and all that. Yeah. Those are uh, most of that stuff is made in China. Oh yeah. Yeah, and of course, all of our cobalt still comes out of, you know, human-run mines in the Congo. which Processed through China. Yeah, which now China owns a lot of those those mines, too. They own a, a fair share of the, um, like, the shares in those mines, which, which is always healthy. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? But I will say, at least uh, the majority of our, like... Uh, vegetables and things like that mostly come from mexico like all our yeah. hot house you know the the fact you can go in and get like you know hot house peppers and tomatoes any time of year that you want that's mostly thanks to to mexico and stuff like that um, avocado avocado <laughs> you could say that yeah you could say that i can't say that <laughs> you are one i'm just married to one that's right <clears throat> Um, so this Merit doesn't count. I want you to watch this video and I want you to tell me something is weird about this. This is a Ukrainian soldier in a uh, in an abandoned school in the Donbass region. Great. Oh. This is a Ukrainian soldier? Yeah. What makes you oh, question yeah, okay. that? Look at the flag. Oh. 
What are they doing? He's shooting speakers. Oh, there's okay. I think he's using the uh, on the on his gun there. I think he's got some kind of laser system, and he's got his. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 to yeah. be able to do that. But yeah, notice something in particular in this photo, particularly the patch on his arm. So he has an American flag patch on. Yeah, that seems a little strange, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I wonder why that is. I wonder why. But also, um, I thought there was like a severe ammo shortage over in Ukraine. We we it's just get terrible. to be we just get to be just doing some random stupid shit for TikTok over there because we're the mighty Ukrainians. <laughs> I don't know. It seems weird to me. Um, That's very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I do not know why he's wearing the American colors on his on his arm like that. That seems like it would not be allowed. Uh, but hey, you know, whatever, anything flies in Ukraine. Um, this little piece is very interesting. This comes from Justin Rowland, um, one of the co-creators of Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Yes. He says, I have always known that these claims were false, and I never had any doubt that this day would come. I am thankful that this case has been dismissed, but at the same time, I'm still deeply shaken by the horrible lies that were reported about me during this process. Most of all... I'm disappointed that so many people were so quick to judge without knowing the facts based solely on the word of an embittered ex trying to bypass due process and have me canceled. That it may have succeeded even partially is shameful. However, now that the legal case has ended, I'm determined to move forward and focus both on my creative projects and restoring my good name. So it was not true then. His case was dismissed. Oh my goodness. And so... One half of Rick and Morty, I don't know if he'll be returning in some capacity because he was dropped from Adult Swim. He was a drop from the video game studio he was associated with because they were making Ew. a, they made a whole video game with, with him. Um, he voiced most of the things. All of his other creative projects he was also canceled from. Um, and now the legal case was dismissed and he's got no charges, so... There's that. It's almost like these are the dangers of Me Too or something. Almost. Like that, you know? Almost like that is the case. Mind Bob, you, man. I have I have pulled some clips and seen him um, say some things on some other podcasts that were very... Ooh, how would I say this? Real, like, pedo-adjacent. Yeah. Which was not a good look. And it definitely... Um, it just definitely added to his cancelization at the same time. But, you know, in this country, you're innocent until proven guilty. So, uh, I mean, technically, nobody's got any reason for him to be canceled anymore. So, we we will see what happens. Let's see who brings him back. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But I highly doubt he'll get any kind of real mercy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is a small glimmer of hope now for some more Rick and Morty. Thank goodness. Um, this next one here came courtesy of <laughs> the White House. Um, they had in some guys from Ted Lasso the other yeah. day. I don't know if you saw the ex the explosive press conference that Cream Jean Pierre had with them, um, in which the reporter from 
it's like uh oh i can't remember the name of his outlet it's like america news first africa or something like that um but he's been in the press corps for years and he finally had a blow up because he never gets called on he never gets allowed to ask questions and cream jean pierre basically told him to sit down and shut up because you know and then the rest of the press corps all the vets were like yeah dude sit down shut up learn your place and then he got he got like lit on fire got a bunch of new twitter follows got a appearance on tucker carlson all this stuff but (laughs) the same day that this happened Ted Lasso, the Ted Lasso guys got into the White House, and obviously there's some, there's some sneakers there, there's some some non suits, and um, our good friend Sagar and Jetty was, and livid by this. He says, "Call me old fashioned, but no man should set foot in the Oval Office without dress shoes, and especially not sneakers." And he goes on later on to kind of elaborate. He he doesn't think anybody should be in there without a suit. And a tie to include that, because right. it's just bad decorum. I think this is. I, I just have news for Sagar to be like. Do you think somebody wearing tennis shoes in the Oval Office is the worst thing that's happened in the Oval Office? Do we remember Bill Clinton? Do we remember Monica Lewinsky? I, I think that people, when they meet the president, they dress in accordance with the amount of respect that they have for that office, that position and that guy. If you really think this is like the most serious guy who's doing all the stuff, you would wear a suit. These guys obviously do not think this is that big of a deal for whatever reason. It's not that big of a deal, whether it's because it's Biden or because they don't think, you know, they're like whatever libertarian and they're like, ah, being a president is bullshit anyway, or whatever the deal is. They obviously don't think that it's that big of a deal. And Sagar and Jetty is definitely being a pussy. Yes. Like, there needs to be a dress code to meet a fucking guy. Because that's all he is. He's a guy. But it's the sanctity of the office. The sanctity. He's just a guy. I think Joe Biden is probably... I was going to say he's not a better person than I am. He's probably almost definitely a worse person than I am. Yeah. Don't care. 100%. Just don't care. Like, this doesn't matter to me. And I shouldn't... No one has the right to tell me, if you want to meet this person, you need to dress a certain way. That seems ludicrous to me. No. If I'm going in there, dude, I don't wear flip-flops, but I'm wearing flip-flops, cargo shorts, and, like, an American flag tank top. That's where I'm at with that. For me, it depends entirely on who the person is. (laughs) If I was going to meet Joe Biden, I probably would dress how I do on a regular day. Maybe with a plate carrier. Maybe. Yeah, I know. I would wear a sweatshirt and I would wear jeans and probably dirty sneakers. I wouldn't even buy new sneakers. I would wear dirty <laughs> sneakers. And like, this is what we're doing today. Yeah. I mean, how much blood has been greenlit to be spilled just in that office alone? In, how in many, that chair. Yeah. yeah. How no, many innocent <laughs> people's lives have been greenlit to be taken from that chair? Yes. Probably millions i would assume at this point so i hate to say it Sagar, but you can't have it both ways buddy you can't i mean he's a shill for the non-existent sanctity of washington anyway so right it it doesn't surprise me but it's like bro out of all the things this is going to be the hill that you refuse to this is the hill that you're going to die on huh okay got it got it 
I see how serious you are about things. Um, oh, this one's great. Okay, this one I believe is the. Oh, you know, we'll save that one for last because it's it's really fun. Um, I'm gonna jump over here. This is. We were going to talk a little bit about this earlier, but over in France, they're having all these riots and stuff like that because they really hate Emmanuel Macron and other things. Um, You're right. These are French cops. Pension-related this time. Yes. Um, Pension and retirement-related. Yeah. Yeah, he did it without a vote, and he kind of circumvented the legislature and all this stuff. But these are French cops on four-wheelers, one driving, and the others are uh, shooting rubber bullets as they speed around. What the shit? Oh yeah, baby. That's how they're doing it in France right now. Um, this actually, it's the same, it's the same protest where this was happening. Yo! <laughs> and just wait, that's not just one. They'll pan out in a minute. These guys are crazy. Oh yeah. I like it. It's all the cops are retreating and all yeah, this good stuff. They fuck around in France, huh? Yeah. French know how to riot, bro. It's it's wild over there, and it's still going on. Some crazy stuff over there. I've seen some crazy photos. Just nuts. And it's gotten so bad at this point, half the cops and stuff like that are like putting down their batons and taking their helmets off and then like joining the crowd. Whether it's that's not for self-preservation it. or they're actually uh, joining, <laughs> joining the side. Who knows? But All right. Bad. Now, this is the fun one. Um, just to add to the – add on, on to the pile of how Erie, Pennsylvania sucks because we're oh, Ryan Hanks fans. <laughs> um, this is uh, – Mercyhurst University hockey player Carson Briere, who is also the son of Philadelphia Flyers interim general manager Danny Briere, has been charged in connection with pushing a woman's wheelchair down the steps of a bar oh, in Erie, Pennsylvania. Oh, there's a video. Oh, God. So this is the guy. He's like fucking around oh, okay, with his wheelchair. Okay, okay. I thought she was in it. Like, I thought that he was. Yeah, man, but we'll just we'll just put it down over there. So well, just, I wonder where the woman is. Yeah, I don't know where the woman is. She is. in the is she in the bathroom or something? That's my guess. But I just I, for YMH value, man, we got to add that to the pile of why Pennsylvania sucks. Right. Okay. So <laughs> it do it is really fucked up. It's also pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I would never do that. I would never do that because that's really fucked up. That's super fucked but, up. But the idea that someone would just be like, oh, fuck it, and just dump it down the stairs, like, that's mm. pretty funny. Bro. But he, also, you are a piece of shit for doing that. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, he's got, he's got charges coming because I guess you can't be doing that. Oh, no. What are oh, the charges? Yeah. What does it say? Do you know? Uh, no. I, uh, you know, let me click on the story oh and see if there's a... Let's actually read the story what a here. Jackass. Let me pull this up again. Come on. Come on. Okay, so here PA. Carson Bree's son. Yep, yep, yep. 
um, in connection with pushing a disabled woman's wheelchair down the steps of the bar. Kirsten, who plays hockey at Mercyhurst University in Erie, was charged with criminal mischief, disorderly Ooh. disorderly conduct, and related offenses. So there Got you go. Him. Yeah. He also plays on the men's lacrosse team. Uh, was also hit with the same. Oh, his buddy there that helped him do that. Um, same Took offenses the woman in connection. to use a staff bathroom. That's fucked up, bro. Secure, yeah, security took a woman downstairs to use staff bathroom, according to Nate Sander, the head of security at Sullivan's. While she was downstairs, he pushed the wheelchair. Don't be a and dick, that's bro. That's super fucked up. Yeah, don't be a dick. And did you hear that uh, Erie's favorite weatherman is no longer going to be in Erie, Pennsylvania? What? Where's he going? Oh, he got transferred. To, he got some new job in like Tennessee or something like that. Ah. Yeah, yeah. He wrote a heartfelt message on uh, Twitter about it, and I was like, "Oh, oh, poor guy, poor guy." Oh no! Now he's gonna go to ten. Now the the arc is over because now we can't have any more Erie, Pennsylvania weatherman stuff because he's no longer the weatherman at Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah, which is sad for everybody involved, in my eyes. <sighs> so there's that. And that's the extent of the grab bag today, my good sir. I like it, man. I like it a lot. A lighthearted, eerie Pennsylvania deep cut right at the end. I appreciate it. We need to end on lighthearted things. Indeed. Because that, yeah, the China Rush stuff is super depressing. Yes. <laughs> and who is our last ad for the to close out the show? Uh, Location Skate Shop is the final sponsor for the show. Fantastic. So- um, if you are ever in Bremerton and downtown Bremerton, you need any type of skateboarding goods, go to Location Skate Shop. <laughs> they have, of course, all kinds of gear and stuff like that as well. It's a great place for the community. So Fantastic. Go there. Yeah, this has been a great episode. Of course, it was different. It was shorter. It was whatever, but uh, Plague Cast Extraordinaire or Plague Cast Extreme or Special, whatever we'll call this. I like it. So uh, I think it's good. I think it turned out well. I want to thank everybody for being here with us. I want to thank you for sticking around. We'll be back next time in full force. Full uh, force. You know, uh, barring some type of natural disaster or something like that, we will be back in studio in a very short amount of time, less than two months. Yeah. We will be recording at my house. Woo. Not in not in this room here because it's too small. But on the other side of this wall here. We'll be in there. It'll be great. It'll be a full-on studio set up. That's right. That's right. So with that, I want to thank everyone one last time for joining us. And I want to tell you again to like, subscribe, share this with your friends, comment, tell everybody about it. Subscribe to the Patreon. $5 gets you access to the article. There are other tiers as well. We also have our own personal social media. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. And Colin is at Big Bird Offie on both of those things. And you can find all of this at saltofthestreets.com, including our Instagram and YouTube. With that, thank you one last time. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. And we'll see you in two weeks for another episode of Salt of the Streets. Welcome to the Salt of the Streets. Coming at you every week with this food for thought.